Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest arcade. With over 200 video and pinball machines, classic consoles and computers, PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift, with regular tournaments and competitions. Open Friday, Saturday and Sunday, Bury Manchester. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland. And I'm Sean Holly, a.k.a. In Your Face. Sean Holly, how are you, Mr. Marland? I'm not bad, thank you very much. Uh, we are an arcade podcast who talks about old arcade games. We are proud members of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. Go to there to find other like-minded podcasts. Yes. I'm still on a bit of a high from the revival uh, Saturday I went to. You went to the whole weekend, so you can tell me what happened on Sunday later on, can't you? Yes, I can. Oh, it was a great day. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. Loved it. And over the past two weeks, I've mainly been playing Toidles. You, are you a mama Toidle? I'm a mama Toidle. Get him a baby Toidles. Because <laughs> the mama Toidle's got quite a deep voice. I'm a mama Toidle. Get my baby Toidles. <laughs> it's probably good, better, that. isn't it? More of that stupidity later on, listeners. <laughs> and, yeah, mainly playing Turtles. I've had quite a few games of Turtles because I really like the game. And I've been trying to fix up that that cab I've got, that little uh, cabaret cab. I've been having Ooh, quite yeah. a bit of fun doing it because I've not, I've not gone crazy and gone right. I'm going to do all of this today. I've, I've just gone right. I'll do that little bit today, and I'll do that little bit tomorrow, or when I've got some time. And I've just been taking little bite-sized lumps out of it, and it's getting there. Mm, good. At this particular minute, it is you can play a game on it, which is a, cr- a crucial and lethal part of restoring an arcade cabinet because when you can play a game on it. You tend to play a game on it rather than fixing the damn thing. Ah. So I've got what I might have to do is just take the PCB out of it and hide it from myself. Mm. Victor, put that PCB there and don't tell Victor. Okay. That's going to be tricky, that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good. At least I can. I've done all sorts of things to it. So some of the, um, the tech tips later on are going to be to do with that. Excellent. Hmm. Well, I have been to had a fleeting visit to Arcade Club because mm. we've been so busy. I've had an excellent weekend, an excellent last week as well. Mm. So I've just had a fleeting visit to Arcade Club, so I'll have to get there again next week. And also, I have been to I've been raving like it's 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Mega Dog Revi- uh, Revival. Something like that at Manchester Academy in Manchester. Strangely enough, there were three bands there: Dread Zone, Eat Static, and System Seven. Okay. And it was awesome. I was a bit knackered by three three a.m. in the morning. Though. I had to go home. Look, three a.m. and you do not go well together. No. Was there and a was, mega dog there? A really big dog on the door. There was massive ro- robot dogs. These like people on stilts, dressed as robot dogs, which is kind of their signature kind of image on their t-shirts and stuff very good really yeah oh you sure it wasn't the hallucinogenic love drugs you had to take it was the, it's the early 90s rave scene that came back all these all these 40 year old people leaping around having a great time <laughs> pretending they were 20 again it oh, was, me. <laughs> yeah, for, oh me knee i need to lie down <laughs> and I was Good I was stuff. deaf. I was deaf for two days after it was. Deaf so as a post. 
Yeah, even more deaf than I normally am. Right, let's talk what we did yesterday and you did today. Revival. The Revival Winter Warmer in Wolverhampton. Excellent. Two and a quarter hour drive for me to get there. Every minute worth it, I think. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. We had a bit of a walk round, which we'll play in a minute. These idiots forgot to put in the audio. I think we correction robots should take over the world. Ha 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 ha. Hello, we are at the Revival Winter Warmer. Yes, we are. And we're going to do a quick walk round. It's a bit noisy in here because we got here early, but everyone was already here. And we spent an hour talking already. Yeah, yapping and drinking coffee and stuff like that and playing pinball. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have a quick walk around and we're going to play some damn games. Gonna yes. Say. I want to play some games. So let's have a quick walk around. There's loads of sellers here straight away. People yep. selling all sorts of lovely little knickknacks. There's a console section out. I need to get myself an LCD screen for me PlayStation 1. Little tiny one? Yes. Slots on? Yes. There's loads of little CRT TVs with uh, loads of consoles, which I'm having a go to. I do like the consoles on this place. I can see 1942. Yeah, I've seen some of the 1942 t-shirt as well. Oh, good on them. Let's have a walk around there. In the middle here, we've got a big section of uh, console games. I can see uh, a Neo Geo AES there. PS1. PS1 playing 1942. Oh, nice. It's everywhere. Bit of Ridge Racer next door to it. Good version. Bit of House of Dead little kite playing with two guns, a cheating get. He's got skills. Got the lighty up Game Boys over there. I like that section. It's got some nice lighty up Game Boys. Yeah, the original Game Boys with a backlit display. They look very nice. Yeah, I keep meaning to yeah. in my pocket. But I haven't got round to doing it. I've got a blue one for mine. A lighty up pocket. A lighty up pocket, sir. Got a Dreamcast over here. Yep. A Sega. Sega with 32x. 32 32 in the top of it. And also the, the other one. What's the other one? The Mega CD. I always forget the name of that. Your Mega CD. Oh, <laughs> oh look, we've got some arcade cabs at the end. We've got Turbo Outrun, Outrun, Sega Rally, Crazy Ridge Taxi, and a Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Thunder. There's two Ridge Racers here, actually. There's Ridge Racers everywhere, sir. Super Mario Brothers Pinball. Oh, that's nice. I love that little game. So cute looking. Two cabs made of candies. Two cabs made of sweets, sir. We've got a Blast City playing uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. Why um, not? Why yes. wouldn't they play that? It's brilliant. And an Egret 2 playing Dodon Patchy, I believe. I think it's Dodon Patchy 1. I'm not sure. You're going to bang some coins that later on, aren't you? I am. No coins. Let's have a walk around. Walking back down this aisle now. It's not people a, everywhere, all enjoying themselves. It's not they? a massive event, it's a good size, isn't it? Yeah, it's packed right in, and people look like they're on a really good time so far. Vic, run over there with a the tape measure, we'll measure it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My tape's too short. <laughs> right, so down the middle, we've got some pinballs here. All sorts of more consoles. I can see a ZX81 there with a game called Mayhem. Oh, no, look at that. I've never seen a ZX81 with a joystick on board before. Nor have I. So well, that looks like a homebrew game, doesn't it? It does. It looks really good. It looks too good for a, a, a tiny lad with his dad playing Pong. Love to see that. A Binatone Pong. Wow. Atari 2600. Put a Binatone on snooze, open up a special brews and start drinking. What? It's a Carter song. Oh. Get back to the 90s. Oh, Re Revenge from Mars. Revenge One of my favourite pinballs. I love that game. Absolutely love that game. And we've got Master Systems, Neo Geo playing one of the many fighters. Neo Geo, yeah. Sonic. A lady in a purple hat playing SNES. Good on her. Star Wing, Star Fox on the SNES. Yeah. Danky Kang Jr. on the NES. Oh, what are these? They look fun. Mini Xbox thing. What is that? What's that? I think it's uh, a NES copy. That's quite cute, isn't it? Yeah, should we have it? Yeah, let's pinch it. Yeah. Have to wait till later on when it's quiet. Got the, the Lords of Retro on the stage. Yes, doing some podcasting. Oh, I can see an Intellivision, one of my favourite consoles there. Lovely yeah. looking gold thing. Looks like it's got telephones as uh, hand controllers. Shame about the joysticks, eh? No, Lesson. they're alright, you get Lesson. used to them. Oh, they're rubbish! Oh. 
Robotron 2084 on an Atari. Yeah, 800 XL. 800 XL, good, good game, good game. Doom. On the Jaguar, is that Jaguar? Oh, that's, yeah, a, that's a, not a bad version. It's a Jaguar and it's held together with rubber bands. Look at it, brilliant. Yeah, looking good. Got some pinballs behind us. Terminator 3, little girl playing that. Good honour. Bride of Pinball, excellent game. Yes, Pinball. Got a Neo, Neo Geo. Neo Geo, Neo Geo. Oh, no, no, that's Two bikes, isn't it? Bob by six. A new Astro City playing in uh, Final Fight, that, isn't it? Yeah, nice Two Vectrexes, Vic. Two, two Vectrexes. Dual Vectrexes and a bit of minefield. Good on. Yeah. We've got some, Mindstorm, uh, oh, not minefield. Someone playing Jetpack on a Spectrum. And a cute little monitor. Gallagher, Atari 7800 there. Yeah, lovely. Uh, some sort of Amstrad CPC. I never had one of them myself, never played them. Someone's typing a basic program in. Maybe not the best place to do that. It'll be a while, won't it, yeah. before he finishes that one. What's uh, this? An Amiga 1200. That game. Oh god, Battle Squadron. Oh, it's good. I had that. Like that. Very and good. We've got Alex's cabbie brought in a minute ago. Space, Space launcher. launcher. Little cocktail there. Lovely game, that. It's really good. It's in good condition, that. Killer Instinct. Any more modern games. Killer Instinct. Oh, Simpsons. I'm going to push it over. Craig Turner, who organises this, that's he his favourite game. Yeah, Simpsons hate that game. Awful, but loads you of You love it. Paul Monahan's playing that one and beat him up later on, I think, doing that. Yeah. Give him a shove. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Turner Cades custom arcade machine there. Super Iron off road. Stewart's off road Ute racing. Yeah. Three players. Amiga CD32 playing what looks like a 1942 game. Yeah, it's, it's looks really nice. It's kind of a clone, I can't remember what it's called. It looks good though. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Super Hang On or Hang On or. On an Atari Falcon, that's a rare yeah. machine. Yeah. C64 playing Wizball, great game. Yeah, awesome game. Chucky Egg. Pinballs in the back game played to death. Metallica, Transformers. Spider-Man. made of spiders. And an Adams Family. Adams Family, they're everywhere. Top game. Oh, I can see a BBC playing Chucky Egg. But Alex will be on that later on. Yeah. We've just been speaking to the guy that provided all the pinballs, haven't we? Nice guy. He's got hundreds of them, hasn't he? He's got over hundred in his house. Wow. There's a Panasonic 3DO freaking out there. Looks like the CD's dirty. Is that what it is? Yeah. 2600 playing frog. Oh, how cute is that? That's not a bad version, is it? It looks nice, yeah. I remember, uh, I thought I kind of played that. The Turbo Graphics there, which is yeah. uh, the American version of the PC Engine, playing Gallagher 88. That's a great game. I like the little white PC engines. They're so I've got cute. one of them, yeah. yeah. Nice games. I've got two, actually. A big Atari thing, what's this? That is an Atari 65XE. Oh, wow, that looks like, It's thing. like the console version with a keyboard. It's basically a 130XE. Nice joystick. I really like the grey joysticks. We've got uh, a Philips CDI in an awful machine. Terrible game, terrible game. They were the start of the, uh, what do you call it, FMV res revolution, weren't they? Rubbish. Yeah, none of it was any good. More arcade cams, Racing Hero, which is a motorbike game. Fix It Felix Jr. Terracrest, that's a great game, you'll love that. Terracrest, yeah, yeah I've played that today. Fix It Felix Jr. Uh, what's that one there? There's a, some sort of uh, jammer cab there playing a the game. Let's have a look. Oh, top scope, that's got 70. Yeah, 720. 720 degrees, sir. How many? Danky Kang behind. I'm going to play that later on. I won't yeah. be that score, though. 338,000. That is good. Mrs. Pac-Man. It's supposed to be Ms. Pac-Man. Pac oh, I like to say Mrs. Pac-Man. Area 51 gun game with aliens and stuff. Yeah. I see some jammer cabs in the back. There's a really nice jammer cab. I want to have a look at that. It's a really late. Let's go around this corner. Golf. Oh, golf. Bit of golf. <laughs> Gyrus! Oh, oh Gyrus! Metal slug and a nice looking jammer cab. 
uh, some sort of Rambo game on that. That's a really nice looking jammer cover. Really like the laid back angle that, to it. Is that Cabal, that game? It might be. Might be an evil shadowy Cabal. It could be, I'm not sure. I reckon that about concludes our walkout though. There's another room. Oh, let's go. A little room. Okay. Rooms everywhere. There's an Oliver Twins poster there. Are they here, Oliver Twins? I don't know. How many of them are there? I think there's two. Two of them. Clues in the name, sir. Yes. We're walking Se through to a little room. of nerds. Yeah. Very busy already. It is. I've got Midnight Resistance on a, converted from a little dino king. That's one of uh, Ollie Muddy Music's ones. It's very good. It's amazing. You can tell he does artwork for a living. Yeah. And there's another lovely berry machine behind it playing... Oh, Rainbow Islands. Rainbow Islands. That's one of Ollie's favourite games. He'll probably complete that for today. I'll have to ask him nicely. Excellent. Who made that panel? That's a nice looking panel. It's very nice. Is that, would that be you? It's one of mine. <laughs> and we've got uh, four more pinballs. Jokers. With a Z. Jokers. A radical. Radical. A pin, uh, sort of skateboard themed thing. Fun House. Fun House, which is brilliant. And Johnny, Johnny Mnanik, which has just nearly, he's been flagellating himself. Nice. Okay. There's a Ridge Racer sit down, which is getting a lot of play. Yeah, and... There's a pool table not being oh. played. And there's the cab that Craig made himself, Revival Survivor, which is a game he wrote. I want to have a look at that. It's got loads of characters from all the yeah. UK back and Jammer forums, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's quite cool. There's Ollie pointing at it. So John Bud's in this, isn't he? <laughs> That's quite fun, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a nice cabinet, I really like the look of it. Yeah. And people have signed it, Oliver Frey. Oh, nice. Simon Bluff, who's that? Oh, yeah, Simon Bluff. Raymond, I don't know. John Romero. Oh, I hope so. And Jay Bluff. Yeah, cool. Okay, should we go and play some games? And that's it, yeah, we'll have a look around and play some more games. Gameses! Cool. Uh, loads of our mates there we met up with. A few new friends we found as well, mm. which was really good. What was your sort of stand-up moments for you at the revival? Well. Well. Playing Dodon Patchy and Dodon Patchy Daiuju. Uh, I love those games. Confetti shooter. Yeah, but actually the standout moment was... Playing the Vectrex Mindstorm and clocking it over a million. Yeah, you're just insane. That wasn't right. I got to level 65 and it got over a million. I couldn't remember what it went, whether it went back to zero, and it does. And I definitely remember, as a lad, getting to level 133. So that must have been two million-ish and oh stopping because I was bored. Because when, when, when I was talking to you about it, I was talking about the new Vectrex radio podcast. It's a really mm. good podcast. Everyone should listen to them. Go and tune in. Put it on your, your Twittery, feedy type, pie, pod, pie, pie. I've Pies. Yes, those things. So mm. you can listen to it on your podcast anyway. It's a really good podcast. It's uh, Indie Salt and Willie, both uh, podcast veterans. They know what they're talking about. And a great subject, Vectrex. And also, because they're now doing a Vectrex podcast, I don't have to. Because I thought it was sadly lacking in the podcast world, not having a Vectrex podcast. But now mm. they've got one, it's really good. And they talked about Mindstorm. And they were saying that they weren't very good at it. And uh, probably the same as me. Actually, I'm probably about a similar sort of uh, skill level to those guys. And they were saying that the, the American version crashed on a certain level, whether it was 13 or 39, I can't quite remember. And you mm. were saying, no, no, no. I've, oh, no, no. When I were a lad. <laughs> and you were saying, and, and you know when someone says, oh, you know when I was a kid I could do this, I could clock this, I could do that, and I could play it forever. You think... Yeah, yeah, you could probably play it for a long time when you were a kid, but you couldn't clock it. Honestly, you couldn't. You couldn't play it forever. But you went and proved it to me. 
Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I, would, I disbelieve you. I thought, you know, when you were a kid, you could do everything and you sort of made up little things and that. But no, you just kept playing for about an hour solid without losing. Well, you lost a load of lives, but you gained a load of lives as well. Mm. And I was talking to you about it, and I was playing the one next to you, and I was getting about 60-odd thousand, which was rubbish. And you just kept climbing and climbing and climbing. I got bored. Well, I'm going to go and play Spectrum for an hour a bit and went away. And you come back to me later on and said, oh, it does clock, you know, it goes back to zero. And what? He said, yeah, I went a million. I was like, for God's sake, really? What's wrong with you, you maniac? So, yeah, our, our version, or the UK and I presume not PAL, but the European versions of it, made by whoever made it. Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley. Yeah. It yeah. didn't crash, but I think the, the GCE version did. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why they, they that, that's why they um they gave out Mindstorm two cartridges if you moaned about it back in the day. Mm. Now, that's actually a very hard cartridge to find nowadays. Mm. But yeah, I I I have not really played a lot of Mindstorm, you know, because when I got my Vectrex, very soon I had a few cartridges for it when I got it. It was about ten years ago I got it. And I had a few cartridges and I sort of never really played Mindstorm, but it is a cracking game, isn't it? Mm. It is I was going to say better than... I would have said up until about a year ago it was better than Asteroids, but now I like Asteroids more. It's, there's more to it. Yeah. But Mindstorm is a very good... It's not a clone of Asteroids. It's, no, kind it's very of different, diff- isn't it? It's a different spin on it, but it's the same kind of shooter. It's it very fast as well. Excellent. Yeah, it does get quick. Mm. Mm. But it's quite varied, and it does change over time as well. You get the different things coming at you, and they fire stuff at you, and you get that, that plane that comes in the middle of the screen after you, and that. It's a really good little game. And I was commenting, wouldn't that be cool on a proper 19-inch vector monitor in a cabinet with, mm. with the um, the asteroids layout and the buttons, you know, rotate left, rotate right, thrust, fire in the hyperspace? Yes. So any boffins out there who are good at vectors, can you please do this for us? Thank you. Mm. Talking of vector boffins, mm-hmm. that was a good segue, wasn't it? It was indeed. It depends what I say next, actually. Yes. Talking of vector boffins, how about them pies? Well, this, I, I spoke to a guy called cnp today from the uk vac forums that's his name oh and i was to meet him yeah cool yeah he's, he's written a vectrex game called big blue which Ooh. is a kind of a, a you're a little diver and you've got to dive down the screen dodging the sharks the eels ah. and the anglerfish mm-hmm. get to the bottom pick up a key come back up go to a different location the map there's a map screen and it reminds me of the gravitar map screen because okay. it's all vectors you go to another level swim down put the key into a treasure chest and then you start the next level it's all like a dodging thing that sounds awesome i actually knew about this because i'm on the uh the vectrex unite facebook page yeah that's where i saw it and yeah. that's where i saw it. and i didn't know it was cnp because he writes in quite a bit a lot of feedback that's cool mm. is he going to release it on a full cartridge box overlays that sort of thing yeah, he had sort of a mock-up of the box, which is really nice. He's, and the music is excellent. He's got some guy to do the music. And the music actually plays as the game is playing, which is I think is unheard of in Vectrex land, is it? Oh, yeah, that's a thought. Mm. When, when I think back, it was only sound effects, wasn't it? Mm. Ooh, what a clever lad. Yeah. That's, yeah, an, and- that's another thing I have to buy now. And I was, I was trying to get him to put bullets in it, because you know, like, shooting stuff right in face. Yeah, but not underwater. They go... And, and he says he wants, it to, he wants it to be a game for children, because he's thinking about his young son, who he pointed out, oh, who's nice. playing games. So he's definitely not putting bullets in. So I think CNP is... It actually stands for Campaign for No Projectiles. CNP. That's his name. Did you make that up? Yep. Well done. I thought of that. Three yeah. hours it took me that. He hasn't got bullets, he's just got teeth. 
Is that what? That's probably what noise a shark would make if you get it underwater. That yeah. is absolutely brilliant. I, I, I totally approve of that. Mm, it's good because yeah. a lot, a lot of the games I enjoy haven't got bullets in or violence. Mm. Well, I kind well, of like bullets. You can, you can pump stuff up. That's probably pretty violent, isn't it? Pumping something up until it pops. I like bullets, to be honest. And you you named my fa- one of my favourite genres as bullet hell. Yeah. You said it looked like confetti, so you've called it confetti hell, confetti haven't you? Confetti hell, that's a new a new term now for those games with far too many bullets and too much dodging going on. <laughs> what else happened at the weekend? Yeah, we could put the wolf... Oh, guess what? You saw this as well. What? A Spectrum game called Buzzsaw. It was amazing. And to um, the untrained eye, someone like you, when you first yeah. saw it, didn't think it was that special, did you? No. So I pointed out a few things, and then you went, "Hey, oh, 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 hello!" <laughs> yeah. It's such a cool game. We were shown this from some of the guys at the museum. Yeah, retro computer museum. Yes, which I, it's in Leicester apparently. And the next yep. time I'm anywhere near the Midlands, I'm going there. Absolutely. Yes, we've got an invite from a guy called David, who, who who's uh, either a volunteer who works there, so we can go down and have a little look, a walk around of that. That sounds brilliant. And he said to me, I, I was actually playing on the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Because I sort of looked at it, I was, pl- I was talking to, I was talking to um, Robert Hazelby, actually, we met there. Mm. And he was playing on MSX, and I was asking him what it was. And I said, oh, oh look, there's a Virtual Boy. I fancy a headache. So I put my face <laughs> on it, and I was playing a really good little sort of platform. Um, it's sort of like a walk-around game with platforms, because it's obviously the 3D, you get the perspective going on. Really yeah. cool little game, but you have got to look away for a bit on that. And I had about two minutes, I went, yeah, that's enough now. But it looked excellent, and the guy sort of who was helping run the place said, "Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna actually tell you not to play it for too long because it gives you a headache." But I said, "You already knew you wanted a headache, so I didn't mention it." So I went, "Yeah, yeah, okay." <laughs> and he said, "Oh," and he, we talked about something else. He said, "Have you seen a Spectrum game?" And I went, "No, no, I've not heard of it. A game called Buzzsaw, as you mentioned." And then he said, "Oh, look at this," and he, he loaded it up. And he's got like a Div IDE, which is like a compact flash type SD card thing for the Spectrum. So you know, put all your ROMs and that on it. Mm. And it was this sort of a wavy colour effect. And I looked at it and went, that doesn't... Uh, spectrums aren't supposed to be able to do that. Because you know the Spectrum was famous for its colour clash. When you get two colours that come in the same tile together, mm. you get a horrible sort of colour effect all round, all round, like nine places around it. Yeah. And it, it looks horrible. That's why a lot of um, Spectrum games are mono graphics. Yeah, you know, different colours yeah. in, in a certain place, but they wouldn't touch each other. And this was perfect. And it was a little puzzle game. It was a real nice little game. It's very similar to... Like a Tetrisy type of columns type, you know those kind of games, little puzzle games. Mm. But the little monsters you had to sort of get with a buzzsaw to to remove in the crates, they were two color sprites. They had like they were little green guys, and you get little purple ones later on. But they had white eyes, and mm. that is unheard of in a Spectrum game having two colors in the same sprite. Well, is it not actually three colors because they are, they had black surround of the eyes and yeah, black. Yeah, you might be right. It might be three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he's done it, but the guy who, who developed that is a genius. Imagine if they'd done that in 1982 or 1983 when it was released. All I mean, our pe- games would have been a lot better. People would have been screaming in the streets. Yeah, they would. They'd running be, around. It'd be, it'd be mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> Colour graphics s- on the spectrum. <laughs> did you see the Game Over uh, wraparound logo uh, kind of text? Yeah, it was sort of reminded me of a Commodore 64 demo. Demo, yeah. Yeah, which is unheard of in the spectrum. I'm going to download that later. I've got to play it. How the it. flipping heck have they done it? Yes, indeed. Buzzsaw, Spectrum, check it out, kids. Go get it. And we also met up with a bunch of podcasters. Yes, uh, we did. Paul Monaghan, who's little Paul, we always see. Yeah, from Maximum Power Up. 
Maximum power-up. How many powers? Lots of powers. Maximum. And we saw Paul, Dean, the Drisk, uh, Steve from Press Play on Tape, and Retro Asylum guys. Uh, Benny and Garen were there from RGDS. They were there today. Oh, I see. I, I've heard of those guys. Can I do this to the RGDS? Yeah, Garen is Retro Schmupper, who sometimes posts scores on ours. Is he indeed? Thing. He is, yeah. Ah, okay. Wow. Yeah. I wish I'd seen, seen that guy. You no know, names to faces and all that business. Yeah. Cool. And then, and when you went home last night, me, Ollie Alpha One, Ollie Muddy Music, and Alex Chucky Hegg. Chucky Hegg? Chucky Hegg. Chucky Hegg. We had an Indian, very nice Indian. And then this morning, I was nibbling on Ollie's sausage. Okay. Yeah. We'll say no more about that. Full breakfast, he didn't want his sausage. Talking about that, that Chucky Egg geezer, Alex. Mm. When we first got there, Alex turned him in his little van and he brought his um, space launcher cocktail cabinet with him, mm. which is very similar to my space fever I've got. Mm. And it's just a ROM swap from space fever to space fever high splitter to space launcher. Um, and he brought space launcher. It's a good little game, and it's very similar to Lunar Rescue by Taito, isn't it? Yeah. So we were playing that for a bit, and we got quite into it. And I'd say that was probably the standout game of the show. Everyone was playing it. It was getting quite competitive as all of us around it, you know, head-to-head playing. There's a picture of us getting all sort of all into it as well. Mm. And then I sort of came back later on, and Alex broke the world record on it. Yes, he did. There and then in front of everyone. I think at 95,000. He was on about 89 when I came over and sort of freaked out quietly to myself so I didn't disturb him. Got the phone out. And I did actually have a video camera on me, but I got the phone out because it was quick, and I videoed the last few moments of him playing. And I think the old world record was only a MAME-only world record on Twin Galaxies, and it's not there anymore. But Alex was short of 72,000, and he mm. got 95,000-plus on it. That is such a good score on that game. If he'd got two more bonuses, you know, where you get the bonuses where you get the big 4,000 bonuses, he mm. would have rolled the score over. That would have been amazing. Yeah, I think the the game should have caught fire and exploded if you'd rolled the score. That would have been really quite dramatic. He wouldn't have liked that, though, would he? He wouldn't have liked that, no, but it would have been quite fun. Kind of a one-off kind of experience, yeah. that, eh? I bought a few things from there. We'll get onto on the old uh, pickups later on. Yep. As did you. I did. Well done. I, I love help spending your money. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed a lot of the... Um, the little stalls. There wasn't too many stalls there because it was quite a small event, but it was properly packed out, wasn't it? It was, f- it was really, really full on Saturday. What was it like on the Sunday? It wasn't as busy, which is yeah, that's good. probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I think Saturday was maxed out. They, they weren't. Even, they were turning people away on the door if you did turn up. I don't know if anyone wow. else did. Mm-hmm. But but Sunday was today. Even was not so busy, but it was still busy. It was excellent. Yeah. So. Also, when we did the walk round, we had a look at a few things. There was loads of stores and that. And there was a little area for just racing games, which was quite nice. There's a little area for pinballs. There's two area for pinballs, aren't there? Mm. Which were quite... Those, all supplied by that one guy I think we was talking to. It was quite interesting. Yeah. And there was obviously a, a, the arcade little sellers, the Belgian guys, who we see at nearly every event, who were selling mm. loads of uh, Hattress PCBs and Gals Panics. Yeah. But they had some interesting ones in there as well, which was quite good. They had a load of interesting manuals, actually. Loads of them. I don't know where mm. they get all this stuff from. They they sold a few cabinets there as well. And uh, there's like little sort of pockets of cabinets, which are quite cosy. I mean, you're sort of bumping and rubbing shoulders with people when you're playing games and stuff. It was quite good. Mm. But the cabinets were great. I think all of them were on, weren't they? Was there one or two maybe off for a little while? I think the only one I saw that wasn't on was Crazy Taxi. Oh, yeah, that's right, in the, in the driving section. 
and that actually got damaged as they were moving it into the venue, which is oh, a shame. Bummer, so they didn't have time to repair it. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. That one out of that many, though, is pretty good. Because I remember when yeah. I went over to the Gyrus machine, which was in an electrical in Goliath, that wasn't on, but Dave Otter was on the case. And before you mm. lickety split, he had it going again, and it was playing. Mm. I had a go of it. It was good. I am rubbish mm. at that game, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm getting worse as I keep playing it. I really? Stop yeah. playing? Yeah, I know. I wish you'd done that with Turtles. <laughs> Titles. Titles. He's a, a mama title. He's a mama title. Can you say in that voice? Can you say help? I'm a terrible mess. Help! I'm a terrible mess. <laughs> in a in a Texas accent. Sorry. In a Texas accent. Yeah, like Sunset Riders. This gone. I'm a oh. terrible mess. I'm a terrible mess. So you're better than me. No, you it did goes. it. You look good in a wig as well. Thank you. So all in all, Re- revival. I think is going to get. Ping! Oh, yes. Yeah, it was really good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. A little bit jealous of you guys did the Sunday as well, because you were sort of a bit of a quieter time. Because mm. we were doing a lot of yapping, weren't we? Talking to a lot of people. Yes. Which is uh, always I, fun. I, I do enjoy that, actually. Mm. Yapping. Yapping. But I tried to get on and play a few games as well. I did get on the, a few consoles. Well, not as many as I'd like to, because mm. they were being played a lot. I mean, I was actually lining up to play on a Jammer Cab at one point, because there was a Jammer Cab there, which had like a, a 4,000 in one PCB in it. And I, I knew how to change the games. So I was swapping them over every now and again, and people were getting into it. But I was watching this little lad play Pac-Man, which was really nice. He was a tiny little kid. He could only just sort of see over the control panel. And he was mm. doing quite well at it. And there was, a lot of, um, there was a lot of girls playing the games as well, actually. Yeah. And at one point, I was sort of had to help someone put some credits in, because they weren't, didn't know how to do it. I think it was you as well, for a start. Because well, the, coin, the coin door was open. There was a button inside you could hardly see, and I sort of knew yeah. where it was. So I put a few credits in for people as well. I felt, felt quite helpful. <laughs> it's quite good. But I was changing the games over a little bit. I think I put um, put 1942 on as well because I was desperate to play a bit of 1942 on a cab. Oh, good lad. And that good was lad. good. I got nearly 200,000. I didn't quite have my 1942 mojo on, mm. which was a bit unfortunate. But yeah, I'm going to practice a bit more. Ah, I'm going to practice a bit more on that game. Yes, and we know why. Okay, so that was a pretty good weekend. I've had quite a good two weeks doing stuff as well. But enough of that, and let's talk about arcade news from around the world and local areas. Yes, Arcade Heroes website, the wonderful Arcade Heroes website website. with the new news. Mm -hmm. There's just been the annual IAPA show, trade show at Orlando, which is run from the 16th to 20th of November. There's a link on the Arcade Heroes site, so you can check that out of all the new games. But I'll just run through a couple of them, what they've, what they've been mentioning. Ghostbusters yeah. Arcade. There's a new Point Blank coming out, would you believe? Oh, hooray! Point Blank X. Point Blank, who cares? Do you not like Point Blanks? No, I don't like any People Gundams. love them. Rubbish. People love them. They still go down well. Tekken 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, there's an interesting one called Scale 1 Portal. Okay. And it's like a projector that projects an image on the screen. And the one I saw was like a corridor. And you could walk down this corridor. Sounds exciting. And you could duck down and things came over and you could look around. And you can also jump and you could... All sorts of stuff that was in, in the... It's hard to explain. It actually looked like this, you were walking into the screen. It sounds to me like one of these endless runners you get on all the mobile phones, but... VR. Yeah, and it was I think it was done with Microsoft Connect technology. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, real real weird kind of thing. 
And this guy kept getting a message saying, come up saying, st- uh, stand farther back. Yeah, okay. Stand farther back. So maybe you got too close to the projector, to the sensor. Mm. Also, Storm Racer G Deluxe, which is a follow-up to Storm Racer. I think that is a 3, 3, 3D racer with on the water, I think. Oh, a wave got, racer type thing. Might have got that wrong. Okay. Let's Go Safari, which is a kid's edutainment. Do you cool. like that? Yeah. Sega Showdown, the driving game with 65-inch monitors. How, how big? Mass- how big? They're massive. Just think how big a 65-inch monitor is playing in front of that. That is quite large. Yeah. The thing is, when you've got a monitor that big, you've got to be a, a way back from it to see. So there must be a massive cabinet to be that large. It didn't look that big, actually. Oh, wow. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going just gonna to see a wheel. Yeah. With your face. Also, at the exhibition, they had... Star Wars Battle Pub with a flat screen version with linked play, so they've now got a way to link them together. Oh. Time Crisis 5 is now a standard edition, which is smaller, so it'll be more affordable to operators. The world's largest Pac-Man, that's quite interesting. Mm, yeah. Cool. A very, very huge Pac-Man. It's also got Galaga built in. Oh, cool. Talking of Galaga, there's one called Galaga Assault, which is a huge Galaga game. It's a redemption game where you win tickets. Yeah. Which is a very colourful version of Gallagher, but you can switch it to arcade mode. Oh, excellent! Which is more like the arcade game. It would never but, get it would never get put on assault mode for me. It would all be always yeah. be on arcade mode. The graphics are a bit more colourful, but it does sort of stay true to the traditional Gallagher, excellent. you know, left right fire kind of thing. That's all you need, mate. That's all you mm-hmm. need. And also, there's a Sonic game, Sonic Dash Extreme, which is a redemption game, which has also got an arcade mode. Mm-hmm. Endless run of thing. MotoGP that we were talking about, which was our art side art last time. Oh, the awesome bike game, yeah. The very catchily titled Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. Okay. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion Arcade, which Ooh. I think... Ooh, which is a bit Mario. like... <laughs> a bit like the GameCube game. I loved that game. That was such a cool game. And they also had... The new pinballs, Hobbit, Game of Thrones, and the Kiss pinball from Stern. Mm. Talking about the GameCube games, I was recently, you know, I was getting rid of loads of stuff out of my loft, all old consoles I haven't played for years. Yeah. We decided to keep one of the GameCubes, and Waff was playing it the other day, and we are playing Sonic Sunshine. Sonic Sunshine? Mario Sunshine, you Super fool. Super Mario Oh, a lovely game. It's such a beautiful game. Mm. And it sounds great, and I'm whistling the tunes when we're playing it and dancing to it and stuff. I'm an idiot. I, I, I was watching her play a bit of it, and it was quite an early bit, and we'd both done it before, because she's nearly completed the game, and I've nearly completed the game back in the day. And we were watching play, and I was going, give it here, I can do it, I can do it here. And she'd forgotten how to do a certain part. And I just did it, like, straight off. I couldn't believe it, and my head was massive. And then <laughs> another bit later on, I just couldn't do it. it was, I think it was the sandbird. You know, when you're, on the, you're in the air, and there's a big sandbird, and you've got to get the red coins. And I couldn't do it, and I got in a right strop, and she's like, I'm never playing it again, yeah. and just threw the controller down. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's one of those things where you keep doing it and you die, and you keep doing it and you die, and you got to watch the same cutscene over and over. And like, oh, for God's sake, that's why I choose arcade games to play. They're quick, mm. they're easy. You can just turn them off. You don't have to save anything. That's it. Yeah, but it's still a brilliant game. All these years later, mm. very good. There is also a movie out called The Lost Arcade, which is about the last days of apparently legendary new york arcade chinatown fair have you heard of this arcade i haven't it sounds good though yeah brilliant i think it was more of a kind of a community kind of arcade that's become kind of a cult around around the new york area 
because I've been to New York a few times and I went to Williamsburg Barcade there, mm. which is really, really flipping good. It's excellent. Um, but I didn't know there was that many New York arcades. Obviously, back in the day there would have been, but I didn't know mm. anything about this one. Oh, I think okay. this one's only just closed, you know. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, so they made a, a movie about it. Well, hopefully the movie can uh, bring back interest for it and get it open again. Mm, could do. Good. Okay, this is not arcade news, but it's an arcade game. Scramble. Excellent has, game. Has been converted to the Atari 2600. Oh, they never had it in, in the, back in the day then. I'm not sure. Couldn't have. Pie Factory have already mentioned this, but I've, we're going to mention it as well because it's brilliant. The yeah. game the game is amazing for 2600. Do you want to see it? Ooh. It's so... And it plays really well. After this podcast, I'm going to have a look at that because good old Sarge, Pingmaster Sarge, he gave me a little uh, device he made for the cartridge port. It's a little, a little sort of blank cartridge. And you can put mm. EPROMs on it so I can burn my own ROMs onto an EPROM and play them on yeah. it. Wow. Almost like a sort of poor man's... Multi-cart with single mm. games on it, but I can actually play that game on a proper 2600, which would be nice. Well, this was at Revival. Oh, okay, I didn't see it. It, it was playing a bit, and then someone must have swapped out the cartridge and put other stuff in, but I didn't get a chance to play it. Ooh. But it was it was playing on a 2600. Because you had a quick go on an Atari 65XE, didn't you? It was the, the, the game's console version, the add-on keyboard. Yeah. And they yeah. had some nice 2600-style joysticks, but the grey ones, which were a later release... Oh, you, space area, yeah. And you realised how horrible those joysticks were, didn't you? Yeah, my thumb was hurting after about a minute. Because <laughs> on, on my 8-bit computers, which I've got a few of, I decided to make my own joystick. I remember I made my own joystick a while back. Yeah. And I actually put an arcade joystick in it and arcade buttons on it. It's so much better than that horrible CX thing we used to use back in the days. I had loads of those back in the day, and I didn't think anything of them. They were just the joystick. Those or quick shots were the joystick in the UK, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And... I think the the trigger style sort of joysticks, the th- the the sort of gun grip style joysticks, were a lot easier to play, but they were not as good for arcade games. Mm. But the, that old Atari joystick, I mean, playing it now, your hand just cramps up in seconds. It's a horrible thing, and it sort of gives you. It reminds you of how we used to have it back in the day. It was rubbish, but we loved it anyway. Yeah, I couldn't do that now. I couldn't. That's why no. I made my own joysticks for it. Also mentions uh, Dark Chambers, a Gauntlet clone. Yeah, that's, that's on Atari Age as well, and it's in in sort of in beta, and they keep adding little bits to it and changing animations and stuff, and and that's really impressive as well for an Atari twenty six hundred game. Out what they're squeezing out of that very limited hardware is amazing. Massive, massive thumbs up to all those people developing on these old platforms. Keep doing it. We love it. We really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. You know about this one, don't you? I do indeed. Been there. Musée Mécanique. Yep. I, fa- I found I stumbled across this down a rabbit hole on the internet, love. You stumble a lot, pal. I know, yeah, that's the alcohol. And you've actually been there, haven't you? It's an old arcade, which is... Well, it's, it's, is it almost antique? Are these things sort of... Yeah. It's uh, Museum de Mécanique in San Francisco. It's on the, ki- yeah. on the bay. And the, there's loads of numbered bays there, and one of them takes you to Alcatraz. Yeah. And, and one of them has got this arcade on it, and it's like an old, almost like an old penny arcade. It's got a lot of mechanical machines. Yeah. From like a oh, hundred years ago or, or more. Mm. But they've also got arcade games in there, and that's where I first played Death Race, and that's when I decided I wanted a Death Race. Actually, that's the second place I played Death Race. I played Death Race first in Fun Spot in 2008. 
and I had yeah. one there as well. I thought, I'd love to have this game, but I'll never get one of these because it's so rare. And look what happened. I did get one in the end. Yeah, it looks like they've got things like, you know, what the butler saw, that kind of thing, and these yeah. old scary clown face games. And Yeah, they've got all that. It's, it's like um, you put like a quarter in or whatever, or even pray a penny back in those days, American pennies, and you get like a little dance going on, little mechanical animals moving around and stuff. And it's it's really interesting place as a museum. Mm-hmm. But you can also play, I think they've got like Spy Hunter, they've got Death Race, and all these sort of quite rare cabs, especially in the UK. Even in America, they're quite rare. Mm. Really nice place. If you're ever in San Francisco, you've got to go down to that sort of bay key area because you've got to go to Alcatraz. It's a great thing to do. Um, but yeah, just a little bit up from there is, is that. And up from there further is a really great little burrito place I went to eat. Very nice. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. There was a Twitch Twitch gaming marathon, 1cc gaming marathon, where there was about 40-odd games, 24 hours. Oh, yeah, I saw a bit of this. Yeah, I was watching little bits. I watched Golden Axe completed. Mm-hmm. And me. Yeah, and a, a few little bits, yeah. You must be watching it at the same time as I was, because it's live, isn't it? Twitch TV is all live stuff. Mm. Perhaps you watched Golden Axe, and I didn't. Uh, yeah, maybe you didn't do that. I can't remember. It was a week ago. Because I, I was looking through the notes a little while ago, and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at this. And it, it was like the same day. And I turned it on, and people were playing. Because usually when the Twitch TV things go on, they're in America. And because they're live, they're totally different time zone to us. And sometimes we miss them. Mm. And I, I, actually, I actually turned it on. There was people like watching and putting comments on the site. It's quite interesting, quite funny watching the comments. And some guy completed one game. I can't remember which one it was. But then he completed um, Golden Axe. I didn't realise how, how short Golden Axe is. It's a really short game. Mm. I think if you if you play it like multiplayer and you're running around killing stuff and, you know, it's quite it seems a longer game. But this guy just knew exactly what to do. Like, kill that guy, kill that guy, throw a potion here, do that. And it, he was doing a he used the, the lady character, Tyra, I can't remember her name now. One in the red. Is, yeah. And he was doing a certain move, like a jump and then thrust down with a sword move, and it seemed to kill everything off really quick. It's kind of like right. the headbutt in Double Dragon. It's sort of invincible. You can you can do the game just by doing that one move. And he kept doing that. And it was at the end he did a certain sort of method to kill off death equals adder. That's what I call him. <laughs> and um, he, he did the game and it comes up at the end and it's a funny little ending. I remember the ending because I've completed it on the Mega Drive using continues, obviously. And it's quite a fun little ending. And then they played another game. And it, they were just... Just going on there and completing a game, completing a game, completing a game. Mm. You know, it was brilliant. I really like watching stuff like that. I'm really talented players as well. I remember the one I watched now. It was Violence Fight. Okay. That's the one I watched, and he didn't manage to 1cc it. He oh, got really? to He got to the very last guy, yeah. Oh, no. What a bummer. Yeah, so I don't think they 1cc'd everything, but it was a 1cc marathon. Yeah, but those guys can obviously do it normally, can't they? Mm. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Right, sad news. Rest in, pe- rest in pixels. Phil Younger, who is the current Berserk Slow Bullets Twin Galaxies world record holder, who has sadly passed away. Phil Younger. And he's also number two in the world on Frenzy. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. That was in the news recently. Mm. Another thing I saw in the news recently, um, a tiny, tiny circuits arcade cabinet on mashable.co.uk. We'll put a link in the show notes for this. Mm. It was the tiniest arcade machine I've ever seen in my life. You can only just get hold of the joystick with two fingers, with a thumb and finger. I know, that's really... It was, you can't play that, surely. It's more of a gimmicky thing, I think. I don't think it was... It wasn't like MAME or anything. I think the, the, the game's written for it in whatever language it uses, but there was like a little space where this clone going on and a little maze game. It looked really nice. Just, I think the guy did it because he could. He said, "What? Well, I'll make the smallest thing ever. 
and he did. Mm. It's really cute. People were moaning, no, oh, you can't play it. So what? It looks awesome, and I'd like to have one. Mm. Just as a toy, as a gimmick. Loved it. There's a little one at Revival, and I thought, oh, it's got to be a Raspberry Pi, Raspberry Pi in there. Yeah. But when you open it up, it's only about, say, six inches high. There's no, a I'm... dinosaur inside! No. There's a little dinosaur on, on a scooter. No, it was... I think it was a little PC. It actually wasn't a Raspberry Pi running. Oh, okay. A tiny little, cute little arcade, but it, it was playable. It wasn't that small. Mm, you, can, you can get some really small form factor PCs nowadays. Mm. Have you seen the new Raspberry Pi as a bit of an aside? Ra- uh, Raspberry Pi 2? No, there's a new one out. Raspberry Pi Zero. It, do you know how much it costs to buy it? I've heard me mention it. $3, £3. £4, $5. Four pound. Yeah, uh-huh. and it, I, I saw recently... I think Phil Nez for Life bought one. He put it on Twitter. You can get it free on a magazine. What does what what is in that for three quid? Four pounds. Four pounds. That's an extra pound of computing power you were talking about there, mate. <laughs> well, basically, it's not as powerful as a Raspberry Pi two, but it's forty percent more powerful than a Raspberry Pi one. Oh my for word! Four English Queen dollars. Yes, I'm going to get one just to fiddle with it. I think. I don't think there's, there's no, no can't be any connections like USB ports or anything like can yeah, there? Yeah, there is. That? There is. I wow. think there's one USB and one ST card slot, and it's got like the pin headers so you can add things onto it. That's amazing. People are going to be doing arcade stuff with it. I know they are. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you could do a lot with just a tiny little yeah. little bit of memory, and yeah. Well, if it plays forty percent faster than the Pi, you can play all the classics on it. Mm. So yeah, interesting. Next bit. Our friend Dan Smash, Lord Daniel of Smashington. Lord Daniel of Smashington. He's, he's done a little YouTube video. Check that out. Top 10 shoot 'em ups. Cool. Which I agree with two of them. Oh, okay. But I think he's picked some really good ones, though. W- would I agree with any of them? You might do. Mm. Do you like Ikaruga? It looks nice. The black and white thing. Yeah, it's quite a clever game. I'm not so keen on it. He loves it. Mm. But he does mention Batsugan, so thumbs up for that. We both love Batsugan, don't we, Vic? Moving on. No. Does no. he mention 1942 and Vulgus? No, no. Well, he should do. I'll have a word with him. I thought that. Billy Mitchell loses court battle. Judge throws out former Donkey Kong record holder's lawsuit against Cartoon Network. I saw this. It was suing him for a likeness on a cartoon. It didn't half look like him, though, I've got to admit. It does. It does look like him. I haven't heard or seen the cartoon, but if it sounds like him, it's definitely a dead ringer. It's, mm. a, it's like a disembodied head with like a mullet and a beard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I'll put a link into that and you can de- decide for yourselves. You decide. Yes. This is a good one. A cardboard DIY pinball table has been made called the Pinbox 3000. Would it be slightly wobbly, maybe? I'm not sure. You can buy it for, I think it's about $50. Okay. <laughs> and you build it yourself. I reckon it takes like 20 minutes to build it yourself. And it's all cardboard. And you play it with marbles as opposed <laughs> to... As opposed to anything else. Then you've got to make your own noise up. Padoo, padoo, bang, bonk, bink, bink. Twack, and they reckon twack, they're twack. selling like a thousand of them, they reckon they've sold. Really? And you can get two and put them back to back and have a two player game. I'm looking at that. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. And here's a good one. I'm speaking to Alex about this today. Yeah. There is a new NES console called the Analog NT. Ooh. Very elite, very expensive. $500. Okay. Is this someone's made up, or is it an official one? uh, No, it's not official, but it's using the exact hardware, I think, or something. We'll have to read the link. Oh, okay. 
It's using the same chips and everything. It's got two slots in the top, one for Famicom, one for NES. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I think there was a load of clone ones that did that anyway, but if this is like a new modern-y thing... Yeah, this is like perfect it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a nez a new nez that's you know that kind of thing i think i i read a little while back on one of the twitters or something like that about someone developing a new circuit board for nez mm. so maybe they have done it yeah it's a classic why not apparently it comes with a like the normal leads for a standard crt but if you want an hdmi connection it's another 70 dollars oh lord <laughs> i know that's quite a bit it is isn't it beyond my price range Yes, and that concludes all the news in the entire world for today. Or all the news you want to hear about. Yes. What you want to hear about now, listeners, is our pickups, and there are many! Yay! Right, for me, Mm. some contraband aluminium plate. Mm. Americans, aluminium. I thought you picked up Americans then, because you left left a bit of a pause. Yeah, I picked some Americans up. (laughs) Aluminium plate, or alley plate as I call it. For making control panels for my new cabinet. Mm-hmm. And also one for Simon Den. Mm. Lots of lovely PCBs from Sarge for the Vectrex controller project. They're really they're so small, it's unreal. And I'm mm. working out where to situate them in the the box I'm making. I've sort of got the idea finalised now. I've just got to get some time at work where I can make some of them and make a first one off and have a go of it. I've also got to mm. turn some little uh, control joystick knobs as well for the the analog wow that's going to be good it's going to be good because you know how bad those vectrex controllers are don't you yes take my money people will be shouting at you from cars as you pass by yes Mm. um we were talking was it dean we were talking to about vectrex and he said oh you want to make some of those you'll sell them no problem i said well yeah but it's just the time and effort making them yeah yeah so yeah i think we're going to make 11 in total Mm. i think i might keep one back for a prize yeah and I might make one single left-handed version, because did you know there was official Vectrex left-handed controllers? Yeah, you told me. I didn't know this until I've yesterday. I've seen them on the Vectrex page on Facebook. They're really mm. odd. Well, they're not odd-looking. They're just mirrors of an original one. Are you sure you just wasn't looking at a photo the wrong way around? No. My eyes weren't wonky. It was, <laughs> it was proper. I also got a load of black ash vinyl, which is like the um, the sticky the hard-wearing, sticky stuff to put on the side of my cab. Yeah. So it looks like that 80s rubbish furniture you used to get from Argos years ago. Mm. And more! Dark Perspex for the 10p cab and also Def Race for the actual mm. covering the monitor. Because yeah. the Def Race, remember, has got a scratched monitor actual on the tube. It's really badly scratched. But when yeah. you put this Perspex over it, it completely hides it. Love it. Mm. So I've done that. and also got some for Simon Den's cabinet as well. He's got clear because he's going to put some artwork underneath it. Also, from the show, I met up with Ollie Muddy Music. We did a dodgy deal in the car park, where everyone was looking a bit dodge. And yeah. I got a new monitor off of him for that Excellent. machine. Mm-hmm. It's a Hantrax Polo 3. It looks mint. You could eat your dinner off it. In fact, mm. I might have got a bit of egg on it. <laughs> also, I bought a PCB from the show, from our Belgian oh, friends in the corner. Which one did you buy? I bought 1942. Yeah, it's only a boot of it, but I had to buy it because I want to play it a lot. Yeah, I want to play it on hardware. I've converted you at last. You have, because when I play it on a, a an upright cabinet, on a proper arcade cab, rather than sitting down to my big cabinet or on a PC, I can play it much better. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm convinced I can do 300k. If I can do 300k, I'll be happy, and I might move on to go bigger and better, or to get to the first bad boss plane. I really want to do that. It'd be an achievement if I can do that. So, listen out, listeners. One day I will do it, and I'll report back. 300k is around about the boss. That yes, boss. I think so. Yeah, yeah that's what I want yeah. to get to. Mm. A, a lovely friend of mine bought me some red ball tops. Aye, that me. I reminded. Well, I, I should have got them in the day myself, and I forgot because the joystick on that new cabinet I've, I've been making is a sort of back style joystick, and you can't replace the tops on it. And I'm not sure if I want to keep that joystick yet. I'm gonna have to play a few games, see what I think. And I've got an LS32 in the background, in the wings, waiting. But mm. I haven't got a red ball top, and I want everything to be red and black on that cab. So I've got red buttons on there. I've got red buttons on the front for one player and two player start. And I wanted a red ball top, and I forgot to get them. And I asked, I said to you, "Oh, can you see how much they are for me?" And you kindly, marvelously, got them for me as a little present. Yeah. So thank you very much. And you're going to get one of these. Thank you. Have I given you a ping before? Probably. Well, you deserve it, old son. I don't, I don't know, actually. So red ball tops. Oh, oh. And one last pickup I got. We've got loads this week. Even you've got some. I <laughs> yes. bought this. And this is a little device called Missile Invader. It's a little um, LED game, isn't it? Yeah. And I showed it to you. I bought this. And it was in a box discarded on the floor on one of the sellers called Console Dirt. And it was selling all the rubbish games off. You know, like the football mm. games and the cricket games and... The old stuff that nobody wants anymore, like the Madden 95s and all this lot. And it was yeah. in there. I just looked at it and saw it straight away and went, oh, I had that when I was seven. Yeah. So I bought it. And let's have a live game of it, shall we? Yeah, go. It's like a little Space Invader clone kind of thing. You've only got one Space Invader and a, bo- a boss ship at the top. And you just fire it. I think it's a timed game. Mm. I've got 16 points so far. Oh, didn't get shot. I'm not got shot it- yet. Listen to the was, sound of... Oh, damn. No side art. Oh, damn again. I was very lucky that my dad used to run a car boot sale and sell all these electronic games. Oh. And so he used to let me play them. He, gave, he actually gave me a lot. So I've played loads of these things when growing up, you know. When and I showed I did, you this, you went, oh, and told I did me that story. That. Yeah, I did This is a that. blue one. There was a black one, which I think was the same game, but it was like underwater themed, like there were submarines. Oh, yeah. This is the blo- I just got 32 points by that's quite a good score. It maxes out at 99 as well. But there was a it's black- only got two. See if you can roll it over. I don't think so because it's a timed game. You don't get a lot to play. But there was a black version which was I think because when you look inside it, um, it's just like dots inside, and, and the overlay on the top makes it look the Space Invader shaped. I think all they did is they changed the overlay to make it look like submarine shaped and boat shaped <laughs> yeah. that's all they oh, wow. did but when I got it home I had one go of it because I didn't have a 9 volt, volt battery with me at the show because I don't really carry 9 volt batteries around me I should maybe that's strange I do got home I had one game of it and when you finish the game you've got to turn it off and back on again to play and it just started crapping up it was going eh, 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 and I was like oh no it just wasn't working I was like, oh damn that's a whole pound I paid for that wasted <laughs> so what did I do took the screwdriver to it fired up the iron and fixed it because inside there was next to nothing there was one chip a little circuit board uh, a battery device and one capacitor so what could go wrong the capacitor obviously I changed the capacitor had loads of spare ones put it in it worked perfectly ding fixed well done so I was quite pleased to get that because that's just a that is just a nostalgic thing that that's all it was for Two fifty pence pieces, 
and I was happy. Mm. Go on, tell me about your pickups, old son. What's that T-shirt you've got on, by the way? Zero something. It's uh, Smashing Pumpkins one. Ah, Smashing. <laughs> right, fair I enough. I don't, I don't know them. Well, well, you listen to Smashing Pumpkins and The Cure, and I was listening to... Yeah, my pickups. I have got a custom Hori EX2 fight stick from Sarge. Thank you very much, Sarge. You haven't got one of them. We're in the process of modding it, aren't we? You haven't got one. You've got it. It's in the back of my car. Mm. I'm going to make the throw on the joystick slightly smaller for you. I'll make a new actuator. I'm going to turn a little plastic piece for you with a collar around it so it's got less mm. of a throw to it. Mm. It's a bit brilliant, though. Thanks again, Sarge. Mm-hmm. And also, I have got another... I did have a Berserk T-shirt, but I've got another one with a better design on. Which I put on the 10 pence Facebook page, and I got quite a lot of likes. People like it. I like it. I'm good at designing T-shirts, me. You're pretty good. Yeah. And... Ooh! This is it. Oh, also, I got... I bought, actually purchased my very dun, first... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> PCB. Yeah, I made you buy that, really, didn't I? I was trying was, to spend your money for you. It was peer pressure and I crumbled, but yeah. it is vulgus. Do you know what? If you hadn't bought that, I think I would have done, because mine's gone a bit funny. The sound goes in and out of it. Uh, I can't wait to play it in a cab. Oh, I was going to tell you, I forgot to tell you, it is 1942 compatible. You can plug it straight in, mate. Oh, I'm going to do that after this podcast. You want to do it now, don't you? Yeah. You can't. You've got to wait. Thanks for listening, viewers. Yeah, bye. I've got to play Volgus. Yeah. I've got to beat that swine on the 10 Pence Psycho podcast because I beat you. I'm going to beat I? you. I'm going to beat Tronads because I got beat by both of you when we did it as a game. Because <laughs> in a cab, I'm sure I'd be far better at it. I just, I just lost it on the. Um, yeah, and anyway, there are excuses. Also, we both got a lovely pickup from Mr. Bobby Hazelnuts. He's going to get. Whoa, just a minute. Let me get the special one out. Robert Hazelby. Oh, a resonant ping. A resonant ping. Marks and Spencer's special really chocolatey biscuits. He's bought us a box each. Do you know what? These aren't biscuits. Yeah. These are Marks and Spencer's biscuits. And I was driving back up the M6 a few hours ago, and I was a bit hungry. So did, I thought, did you break into them? Shall I stop and get, you know, like a McDonald's or no, something? And I, no. started, I started eating them. <laughs> <laughs> have, a ha- have a hazelnut biscuit. Oh, I had oh, some they, earlier. They are excellent. They have they really proper are good nice. biscuits. They're none of that rubbish custard creams you have. Mm, there's in no fact, custard creams in it. In fact, you know I have the posher, better biscuits. Don't yeah. argue. These are better than that. These are like Christmas biscuits. They're proper they posh are. ones. You get out when like the vicar comes round or something. Do you have vicars round your house? He never comes around my house, mate. <laughs> Worshiping really. the devil in the back garden. Not really. No. But yeah, thank you very much, Robert. That's absolutely brilliant. I mean, he sort of came up to us and said, are you Victor? Yeah. Are you Sean? Yeah. I've got something for you. Oh, hello. And we sort of did, oh, biscuits. I went, oh, Marks and Spencer. They're pretty bloody good. These are. Yeah, proper good. Thank you very much, Robert. Did we give him a ping? We said we'd give him a ping for the bribery. Yeah? Yay! You got a resonant and a normal. Well, yeah. Well done, you. Okay, that's. A, did you get any more feed, Any more pickups? No, four. I can't that's think great. of anyone else. I've been buying little bits and bobs for the, the cabinet. Yeah. And I'm waiting for some to come through from Simon, and he's kindly bought me some tea moulding because he got a load for himself as well. Mm. And that'll really set the cab off when I get to put that on there as well. But I've done all sorts to it lately and I've been buying sort of little bits and bobs, just sort of hardware, you know, screws yeah. and all sorts of bits and things for it. But I won't really mention yeah. those too much. 
Okay, let's go on and talk about all our friends giving us loads of lovely feedback. Yes, feedback. We had some from Retro Schmupper, Garen. A great fantasy arcade show on my type of games. I think he's looked at the list on our site. Uh, he, meant, he, meant, he meant my one, not yours. Well, he loves his shmups, and I think most of mine now are shmups. There's not, there's very little left that's not a shmup. I like to call them shumps. Shumps. Because they sound like the the, the the European word for Smurfs, schlumps. Oh, they oh, call I'm them schlumps. Schlumps. Mm, that sounds like a marshmallowy thing that you'd eat. I'd eat a Smurf. Would you? Yeah, blue meat's lovely. <laughs> Steve okay. Monkey Chunk. That's my evening sorted. Mug of tea, packet of custard creams, and you two in my ears. Bliss. Bliss. I wouldn't want us in our ears. Ugh. Aaron, show me games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, he's put. I'm oh, going to copy you there, mate. Biscuit, uh, he's, he's replying to Steve Monkey Chunk. It's more yeah. biscuit talk. It's always biscuit talk. He would, he would do this. He's doing the same, but the chocolate shortbread, which sounds all right. Yeah, I'd go for chocolate shortbread over one of them rubbish custard creams any day of the week. Mm, no. Sarge. Ha-ha, great picture. Great podcast. I do agree with Victor about bullet hells. Of course he does. It's a case of dodge the bullets. At least that's how I played it. I wasn't even looking at the enemies. I was looking at dodging the bullets and was conveniently hitting enemies, which is exactly what I said. <laughs> Disapproving sheep. Disapproves. <laughs> By the way, Arcade Tower has both a normal and special edition PCB for sale, and the boards look like it's just a programmed ROM, sh- ROM chip swap. And both pretty much the same price, a whopping £550 British plus, and the Dreamcast version is £100 to £200 plus. Wow. That's, that's Batsugan he's on about there. Yeah, that's a staggering mm. amount for a PCB. It is. Worth it, though. Worth every penny. Or you can pay 40 quid for a Volgus. Mm, oh, yeah. Much yeah. better, I think. Oh, my, my 1942 was 50, and I got him down to 40 plus two half pints. Which yeah. is my way of doing business, I think. I like that. It'd pity the half pints are £8.40 each, though. They weren't because it was up north. <laughs> they were tuppence at me. Sarge goes on to say, My last feedback about the cut-down cab sitting versus stand was kind of lost in translation. My whole point in mentioning that was, I forgot to say, it was because Victor mentioned how he played so well at 1942 standing up on Sean's arcade club cab is where his home sit-down didn't play so well. Uh, Skullgirls Encore is PS4 and Steam exclusive. He has it on Steam. Works really well with an arcade stick too, of course. I'm going <laughs> to gloss over the Commodore 16 talk because it's boring. <laughs> anyway, as long as you like it, Sarge, you play on your Commodore 16 to your heart's content. Mr. Puniverse. I did I did have a look at that. It is like a Jet Set Willy kind of thing. I got a feeling it was quite a good game because I did know one guy when I was a kid who had a Commodore 16 and that was mm. a reasonable game on it. Yeah. It also goes on to say, can't wait to see the Vectrex sticks made and hopefully I'm going to get onto that very soon. PCBs have sent you the Vertrex Fox controller. What a great name. Vertrex Fox. I and like it. It also says the four-way stick is on its way and you've obviously got that by now. Yes. Finally, my chance to get your score of my Turtles game on the Arcade SD, because I went and put some scores on his, on his machine for him. It's a great game, but I still can't understand why the Turtle is trying to hump the skyscraper in that intro video. It's because she's concerned and she's scared. That's why. I'm scared about my titles. <laughs> Eric Banana. He's put... Oh, yeah, and I mentioned hovering over pigs in Batsugan. Not right. He's put, Sean, hovering over pigs. It sounds like a standard northern weekend, does that, lad? Yes. Uh, no, I've never hovered over pigs, only virtually. Yes. Mm. Tronads, 
This one got me right confused on the way home. I was listening to it in my car, then it got interrupted by the media system telling me, text message from Sean Holly to listen, say listen, which I didn't opt to. Then the sound returned to the podcast at the exact moment when Sean, there was a phone ringing sound effect that Sean played. Yeah, Except I didn't. I didn't know this, and I thought my car phone had dialed Sean in response to his text message. And I never know how to stop it when this happened, so I panicked and powered off the phone, all for nothing. Because David Tronads can be confused by a car media system. <laughs> Have you seen it, though? He's got a very nice car in his... Yes, he has. Yeah, I was, I was in it the other day, and he went, take me home, something like that. And it took him home? Where he lived, yeah. Oh, I nice. think he had to do a bit of steering. He had to steer the car and that. Okay. Mm. These new cars are great, aren't they? They're pretty clever. Mm. Arch, our friend from Norway. Yes. He's put, yes, this week has been a nightmare at work so far, so this this podcast really is the silver lining. Dodge him up, which you call Batsugan, yeah. is hereby noted in my gaming vocabulary. Well, you can also stick confetti shooter in there as well. Confetti hell, dodge him up. Yeah, that's the one. Arch is hack on, and he's just been doing his own home arcade on the UK VAC forums, and he's got a nice little setup going on there. I saw that, yeah. It looks good. He's got your centipede that you, you want. Yeah, give it back. Mm. Do you hear me? <laughs> Can you just deliver it for me, please? Give it. Away. Give it. <laughs> the Last Bandit. Another great episode. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Chucky Egg, Alex, thanks for having me on the show and giving me giving my rare game the spotlight it deserves. That's Sky Skipoo. Skipoo. Sky Skipoo. I really appreciate it. Great podcast as always. Alex has been working with Ollie Muddy Music and they're getting on to do the artwork for Sky Skipper because he's going to do a cabinet of it. Mm. I think Alex has got a cab in the wings waiting to come to make one out of. So that'd be interesting to follow, actually, because... Ollie's doing a really nice job in his side with art. Really nice. Dan Smash. So Daniel of Smashington. Yes. Great job as always, gents. That said, first Sunset Riders, now Batsugan. Sensing my tastes don't line up with Vic. You're banned. Well done, Dan. Well done, Dan. He's my favourite person with the surname Smash. Indeed. Me Ever. too. Neil1637. Oh my god, just realised I've been playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles instead of that, instead of instead of titles. Titles. And he's put delete. Well done, I delete it as well. Mm. Fill last one up, which is Phil from the Maximum Power Up podcast. If you're into arcades, you should listen to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Uh, and he's put our website on there. Victor and Sean are awesome hosts. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you for that shout out, mate. Do you know what Phil's getting? He's getting the arcade bug. Do you know why? Why? He asked me about super guns and, and uh, Neo Geo 1 slots. Yes, get in. Yeah, I'm going to sort him out one. Yeah. <laughs> get, him, get him into our co- evil shadowy cabal of arcades. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Plus Plus. Chris oh, Feder- Chris Plus Plus. Chris Federico. Yes, in regards to Alex being in Retro Gamer. Congratulations to him. So when are you in next? Yeah. Mm. Where, where's my invite to be in Retro Game? I've always wanted to be in there. I'm quite envious of I've got a few friends who've been in there, actually. Yeah. Sean and Alex have been in there numerous times. I think Tony Temple and John Studley have been in there as well. Holly Muddy Music's been in, hasn't he? Yeah, because he was uh, yeah. the Bubble Bobble champion for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah, I just I saw him playing Rainbow Islands today. Did he do it? He nearly did. Yeah. He's, but he's so good. He's pretty good at that game, isn't he? He's I've never given that game much time, but it does look good when he plays it. I, I like the look of that game. It looks so colourful and arcadey, but yeah. I cannot play it. I can't get the mechanics of it. 
so I don't mm. like it. But mm. when I watch someone else play it, it's a joy. Yeah. One of those kind of games, you know? I stood there for about 10 minutes and he's just thrashing it. Yeah, he really, really goes to work on it, yeah. Uh, surely that Death Race and Jet Fighter cabinets are worth at least a page in Retro Gamer. I agree that the creators of Toot and Calm didn't know the meaning of the phrase difficulty curve, no. but there's a great Atari 400-800 game called Dungeon Lords. It's basically Toot and Calm with four-way firing. Ooh, I didn't know that. I'm going to play that. Mm, the levels start out quite a bit smaller, but apart from that, it's Toot and Calm with fairness. <laughs> I like the idea, yeah. I have a chapter about J- Dungeon Lords in the classic gaming bookcast. I must know that because I've read the book, the bookcast. It's brilliant. Do you have a memory like me and you forget stuff quite quick? Yeah, it's like a mm-hmm. sieve. Yeah, me too. Do you have a memory like me and you forget stuff quite quick? Yeah, it's like a sieve. Moving on. The free Altera emulator is great for trying out any Atari computer game. It's much like the Vice 64 for emulating C64 games. Yeah, I've got a real 800XL with mm-hmm. a, an SIDE cart so I can play ROMs on it. And I've also got the same kind of thing for the Commodore 64 so I can actually play them on hardware. And I do prefer doing that. But emulators are great if you haven't got that. Mm. Thanks, as always, for the great show. Thanks for the feedback there, Chris. Plus plus. You're very welcome, Chris. Thank you. Legendary Whizball at arcadeclub.uk. Any chance you might relocate to Singapore? <laughs> I presume he lives in Singapore, this guy. Hit up Sean Holly to mm-hmm. lug all over the kits. You, you, Sean, have been voted in to carry all the 200 cabinets to Singapore. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm washing my hair that day. I've always wanted Arcade Club to relocate to London as well, so I can go every week like you do. Yeah. 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 Ian Ski, awesome podcast again, chaps. Thank you. I never get around to playing the games in time, though. I kind of wish that scores for the current game are submitted the week after. Yeah. That way you could cover tips, etc., before playing, which would probably result in better scores. No, mm. pe- more people would beat us than they already are doing. Yeah, that is bugging me a bit. Mm. No matter, it can't be changed now. Oh, yeah, the Turtles game is also available as a handheld. What's it? A Toidles handheld? Toidles! I'll be sure to check this game out as I don't think I've ever played it. Hope to get up to Arcade Club before long, maybe when the southern trip goes ahead. Want to play Tutankham on a real cab since you gave it such a good review, lol. Yes. Been busy, with my, been busy myself with lots of jobs. Restoring a pole position cockpit, refurbing the coin door on Return of the Jedi. Also had a mini-meet at mine. It's great when a bunch of people are playing games together. It's quite different than playing on your own. It isn't it? Yeah, quite absolutely. A good, quite a good feeling. Anyway, look forward to the next pod. Keep up the high standard. Any plans for a Christmas special? We kind of have, haven't we? Yes, because I'm going to America and I'm going to be dealing with a lot of proper arcades over there. So you're going to do the Christmas special and I'm having a week off? Oh, yeah. Turtles! Just showing Sean a picture on my phone of the Turtles handheld game. It looks awesome. It does look It good. looks like an Entex game. Is it Entex? It is Entex. They made a load of little games. It's like a head-to-head one. It looks really cool. It's got little turtles on it. Oh, one player plays a turtle, and one player plays the bug. Ah. How cool is that? I like the sound of that. I have to look that up. I wish I could have gone to Ian Ski's meeting, but for some mm. reason, I think I had something else on. Because mm. he lives sort of near Cambridge, I think. Not too, not too far from me. That would have been nice. Yeah, he's got a nice little lineup of stuff he's getting there. Good collection. Yeah. Neil1637. Is this Neil again? Mm. Was he on before? Double feedbacker, we'll call him. He was. He was on before, yeah. Hi, guys. Another scintillating cast, chaps, that kept me entertained through some car journeys. 
Unfortunately, not the planned car journey to Arcade Club, as child number two fell poorly and kept me at home to tend to, tend to the sick. And with weekends filling up and running out, it may be 2016 for me. <laughs> That's what you said. And it says, <laughs> Sob, sob. Yes. A good text section again. Although, humorously, these are all about three months too late for me, but still good advice, because he's just finished off making his cabinet. You maybe would have liked the advice before. I love my router and router table and use them for loads of other jobs around the shed. I like a man's love for a router, don't you? <laughs> when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> One good tip when slot cutting, etc., is to glue a felt covering to the base of your router. I made a spare, which will prevent any risk of scratching that love side art, etc. Yes. If Rob oh, McCullen had known this, he wouldn't have um, made such a mess of his cab, maybe. That's a, that's a really good tip, actually. Thanks, sir, Neil. Mm. Musical interlude. A wee competition. Well, I have no idea. So an educated best guess, based on the more produced sound and a thumping drum-based combo, is Wipeout for the PS1. On to the game review, Batsugan. It was funny to hear you both with such conflicting views. Possibly the biggest difference of opinion I think you guys have had. Yeah. And whilst I could kind of feel Sean's sheer excitement and delight, I too could empathise with Vic's intolerance and loathing. <laughs> loathing. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to get on a t-shirt. Victor's intolerance and loathing. Mm. I first discovered the world of cave shooters on my first visit to Arcade Club when they had a candy in the foyer with such a game being played and my eyes were drawn immediately into the visual beauty, but also by the sheer amount of bullets on the screen and the unnerving ability of the dude who was playing it. I'm sure he had hair, so that rules you out, Sean. Yeah. But having played this game at home on main, both prior to the challenge and after, I do sway more towards Victor's viewpoint of it being more of a dodger than a shooter. I'll just edit that out. But then maybe that's because I'm just crap at it. Though in my defence, with no fight stick yet, I was using a laptop keyboard. Oh, that is the worst way to play a game. Mm -hmm. I do, however, find myself ditching modern gaming virtually altogether just now. So once I realised this game... This week's challenge didn't involve those mutant heroes. I downloaded the correct game and I was well chuffed. I've never played this before, never heard of it before, in any of its incarnations. First 15 minutes played and thought it was guff, utter pants. But it was of the era I wanted to play games from and it suited my arrow key control method. So I persevered and it grew on me and it's still growing. It's a bit unforgiving at times and sometimes you can lose lives really quickly for stupid stuff. But it has a bit of a strategy to it as well. I like how you can use the stunned beetles to block the others, for example, but also the randomness of the lucky box to keep you on your toes. Not sure if you'll get as many players as Batsugan. Twitter seems eerily quiet with any scores. But maybe folks are keeping their Tinder dry for now. Until next time, keep dancing. Keep on dancing. And we're dancing. Darren, Darren Daz from Retro Domination. He says... He, he messaged me, said, I stumbled upon this awesome game called Pandora's Palace, and it's one I mentioned in Forgotten Gems, and we did Forgotten Gems. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew it ring, rung a bell from somewhere. We might have to do that. It's a cool little platformer. Should we put it on the list? It is on the list. It's on the list. It's on the list. Right, we were talking about this guy earlier, CNP. Mm. Another funny yet informative podcast. As I get games you reviewed before, I like to go back and listen again for your opinions, general info, and gameplay tips. If you could configure your iTunes feed to show more than 10 episodes, that would be really appreciated as it's a bit of a clat having to listen <laughs> via the webpage on the phone, especially when it forgets where you had got to. That is true. Just as a little uh, addendum there, I have sorted that now. It was a little setting on WordPress I had to do. So you can actually go on your iTunes or whatever kind of podcasting software you use on a phone. You can go back and listen to all of them now, not just the last 10. 
Right. It was CMP, and I think Phil from the Maximum Power Up asked me about that as well. So thanks, guys, for reminding me, and I've done it. Thank you very much. CMP also goes on to say, I've just revisited the 1942 podcast as I just received the board and stuck it in my cab. Me too! I get some wildly different scores and can still get less than 50k when it goes badly, but just got my best ever of 362,580 into level 10. Not an in-your-face score, granted, but I'm well happy with that after not too many goes. That is a flipping good score. Mm. There's been a lot of mention of people improving their asteroid scores in the last few podcasts, but no actual scores mentioned. What are people up to? Hopefully have my asteroids back up and running soon. I think my best is about 60,000. Cheers, CMP. Sean, tell me how many points Charlie Farr, David, has got on asteroids now. Well, my best is, I think, is 62. Tony Doyle's up to 68. Last time I spoke to him. All right. Charlie, Mr. Charlie Farr, on MAME, is up to 415,000. Oh, my Lord. So he's rolled the score four times. That is insane. And 210 or something on the actual hardware. <gasps> It'd be able to do it on hardware, I think. Yeah, oh that's my, amazing, isn't it? That is wicked scores. It's really, really good. I don't know if he's milking the f- flying saucer thing where you just stay on the screen. Mm. But that it, that is hard to do anyway because they're so accurate with the bullets. I can't do it. I can do maybe one or two and I just get killed. Yeah. So I forget about that. I try and get them as soon as possible and move on me. Mm. Jeremy Riley. And this is on about Halley's Comet, so he's going back to a previous podcast. He is, yeah. So he says, so I'm talking to one of my few friends who remembers Halley's Comet. And then we both realised that we played this game in the same arcade 20 plus years before. Oh, nice. It's good when that happens. Mm. Greg Pell. Is is that a new listener? I think it is. I've not heard that guy before. I think it is. Hi, Greg. Hi, guys. Just wanted to drop you in line and say that I've really been enjoying your show. I've only been listening for the last few months, but I've got through a number of your past episodes. In regards to your most recent episode, I have to agree with Vic about some of the bullet hell style games. What's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you squeeze this sheep really hard, listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cow or something. That's in, that's, if we get excited about something in the future, that's the noise we've got to play. Uh, it, this sheep has got personality problems. Don't say, ready again? I am a massive fan of shooters, both vertical and horizontal, with games like R-Type and Ride and topping those lists. Well However, done. when it comes to games like Batugun, using all my concentration just to focus on my ship and just to stay alive does take away from the appeal for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, each to their own, I, I guess. Classic shooters are more my speed. I like them both. I think they've both got a place in this universe. Definitely. I do. The fact that you nominated Turtles this week was amazing. I'm quite a big fan of this title and was pleased to hear that I am not the only one on this planet that knows it and doesn't think that people are talking about the Teenage Mutant variety when they mention it. Traditionally, I am not a Maze game fan. However, games like Tidals and Ladybug really appeal to me. I think it must be something to do with the added depth of the game and you're purely not just navigating a maze and that makes it fun. I recently got my hands on an original titles board not working and I am praying that my that my go-to guy for this type of repairs can bring it back to life. It is the only one I have come across here in Australia and if it doesn't pan out I might have to grab one from abroad. They seem to be a tad rare. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, I'll get a few games in this weekend before you record the podcast and tweet a score. Has he tweeted a score? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we can add it on next week, next time anyway, if mm. he does. 
And P.S. Shout out to Darren from Retro Domination for mentioning your podcast. Oh, thank you, Darren, for turning other people on to us. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, the game is quite hard to find, and my one is working, sort of. If you bend it and push it in a certain place, it'll work perfectly. As soon as you let go of it, it'll stop. It's really flaky. But I've got yeah. a, a really a really cool guy going to fix it for me. Anyway, that ends our feedback. Thank you, everyone, for feeding back to us. Thank you very much. It's very much appreciated. Please keep and feeding us back. It's great to know that we're not two middle old middle old aged men talking to ourselves on a Sunday night over the interwebs. We are kind of doing that. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose so. Thank you very much. Let's do some shout outs. Ah, I just mentioned this a second ago. Phil from Maximum Power Up Podcast. He brought to my attention, along with CNP and Tin from UK VAC, that iTunes feed was not only showing the last 10 episodes. I've now adjusted this so you can listen to the last 50 or so. So I think that's just about all the ones we've ever done. Mm. So you should be able to get the, the back catalogue now. So hopefully you enjoy that and don't complain about them. Mm. Now we've given you 50, don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give a shout out to a guy called Undamned on Twitter for showing me some Batsugan manga scans, the Batsugan comic that I did mention. Beautiful comic. Looks yeah. really nice. Really nice. Obviously, we can't understand what's going on, but there's lots of action and shouting. That so that's good. So thank you, Undamned. And also a quick shout out to Craig Turner from Revival and also his arcade man at the time, Dave Otto. Yes, man, shout for me as well because. I'd like to. We talked to Craig for a little while, didn't we? Yes. He was always busy, and I didn't get a chance to grab Dave Otto. I've wanted to talk to him for ages, but he was so busy, he looked quite stressed, so I left him alone. He's a lot better today. He he was a lot less stressed. He was all right. He actually got some sleep last night instead of the previous night. Yeah. So I only got about three hours sleep because the Friday, I had the Friday off to go to a wedding, which was a really nice wedding, a lot of fun. Mm. And I got back about 12. I wasn't drinking because I was driving, didn't drink a, a drop, but I had a load of coffee there. And we got back, got into bed about one o'clock in the morning and I had to get up at, I think, half six to load the car with stuff and things for um, revival. And I thought, right, I'll get to sleep. I had about two hours, so I just could not sleep. My mind was racing. I think it was mm. the caffeine. I should not have drank that much coffee before I went to bed. Silly, mm. silly person. But I was okay. And when I got back from there, I stood up with the wife watching a few things and talking to her about revival and telling her stuff, and I went to bed about 12 o'clock, so I was awake for God knows how long. So I had a, <laughs> right. a really nice sleep last night, and I've had a kip earlier, which you disturbed me to do this podcast. Mm. Yes, yeah, so mega thanks to everyone everyone we spoke to at Revival, actually, all the other podcasters, and all of our friends who were talking to there, and everyone who made the day. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Everyone and Matt, yeah, shout out to them. There's loads of people, a couple of new faces as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of any more people to shout out to, can you? No. Oh, oh, one to you for buying me some ball tops. Yay! And, and one for you for helping me with the Sarge's stick that he gave me. I haven't done it yet. Oh. I will. I'll get on it. I'm on the case. I've probably <laughs> got, a, I've got a bit of work to do that, I think. I'm not sure. I could probably do it on my little lathe. Mm. I'll have it done soon, anyway. I'll send it to you. Let's do some tech tips, shall we? Do you want to do some tech tips? Yes. Right. This, as you know, I'm so good at tech tips. This yeah. is making a simple flat control panel. Are you really? And as do you this? know, 
yeah yeah okay as you know i work as an engineer in an engineering workshop so i have quite an advantage over most arcade collectors and players did you know that yeah firstly ensure that you have both of your hands in full working order <laughs> that's me done go on vic take it away vic i, think I will right we are making a flat control panel because they're very mm. easy to make a lot of arcade machines have bent control panels. They've been bent on a special machine, which not many people have got in their, in their back garden. Mm. And I used to work at a place that had a brake press, is what they're called, for bending materials. And mm. I used it quite a bit to make panels, but I'm not, I haven't worked there for about four years. So, unfortunately, I cannot make bent panels anymore. Please don't ask me to do so. I can't do it. Mm. But flat ones, I'm quite good at. You can actually have materials cut to size. Certain fabricators will do it. And you can even make them out of perspex as well, whatever. But I use a bandsaw. Get a piece of 2 mil thick aluminium. Aluminium is quite light as well, and it's easy to cut. So yeah. I use aluminium plates. I think you can buy aluminium plate on eBay, and you can have it cut to size and stuff. So there is ways of getting it for the normal person who's not an engineer. Mm-hmm. Right, firstly, you need to measure the space you're going to cover with your new control panel. Give yourself at least a gap of 1 to 2 millimeters around each edge, because you don't want it to be tight going in there because you will scratch whatever you're putting in there so the sides of the cabinet will be scratched if you put a too tight a panel in so make sure there's quite a bit of a gap there mm. you don't want to be ramming it into position anyway secondly you need to get some material for this an easy option for people who don't have access to contraband aluminium or steel plate like me is perspex which can be bought at a number of places including online and cut to size for you i recommend trentplastics.co.uk for uk people they will actually cut it to size. You can get, I think, as thin as 3mm, which is fine. It's a little bit thicker than the aluminium plate, but you need a bit of extra strength with Perspex. Yeah. If you want a metal panel, I'm sure a, a local fabrication workshop could guillotine you some material. For steel, a 1.6mm panel is a sufficient thickness, and also they get heavier. Whereas aluminium, you should be looking for 2mm. Bear in mind, if you use steel, it will rust over time, and you should really paint it for minimum protection. Thirdly, Holes for clamping, then hardware holes. It's a lot easier to copy an existing panel, say a worn or knackered one you were replacing. So if your panel on your cabinet you've got has got a load of extra holes that have been put in there, you don't want any more, they've been done badly from an old arcade operator, or you're changing the game, maybe you're doing from a, a, a one-player panel to a two-player panel, you can copy the original fixing holes. Yeah. Just lay over your new pl- plate and mark out the old holes and the, for the pull-down brackets, bolt holes, that sort of thing. Some cabs have latches that pull on the brackets to hold the panel in place from underneath. Others just have domed bolts clamping the panel to the cabinet. So drilling. There are a number of ways of producing holes. The hole you need for buttons can vary from 1 inch, 26mm approximately for star point buttons, or 1 8 of an inch, 29mm approximately for microswitch buttons, and one and three sixteenth of an inch, which is thirty mil for leaf and candy style buttons. So and there's three different sizes. There is, yeah. Ooh. If you have got a whole producing tool of whatever type you like to use, that's thirty mil. That will yeah. cover all bases, because when you put the button in, the actual bezel around the button plunger will hide a thirty mil hole, no problem. I don't, it. Actually, yeah. sorry, I don't think star points would, but star points are the sort of plastic ones that are clear. They usually have lights behind them. They're sort of like fruit machine buttons. So like, would... like the start button on Asteroids and the buttons on Missile Command, them things? No, they're cone buttons. 
Ah, Star right, points right. are usually lighty up ones on older cabs, and I don't recommend using those. I don't like the feel of them. They haven't got much of a, a movement to them, and they're sort of they they, they were used a lot for one player and two player start buttons because you're not sort of hammering on them all the time. But some old arcade machines have got star points, and I do not like star points at all. Really don't like using them, but they're quite small and they won't. They'll just fall through a thirty mil hole. Any road up, and this hole can be drilled with all sorts of uh, drilling tools. There's a trepanning cutter, which has to be used on a pillar drill. Do not try and use one of those with a hand drill. You'll make a mess and hurt yourself. Or a step drill, or a drill and a Q-Max hole punch. I find the easiest way to make them is with a slot drill on my CNC machine, but most people don't have access to a £60,000 CNC milling machine in their garage. No. I've got two. (laughs) (laughs) At work, obviously. Um, A pillar drill is always the best option, as it is steadier and more solid. But a hand drill can be used. Just go slow and steady. Pillar drills, you can get pillar drills for about 40 or 50 pounds. They're not that expensive for a little pillar drill. It'll do the job. But yeah. the pillar drill I've got is quite a lightweight one. And, and when you start getting the bigger holes, it's more power to put the bigger holes in. So maybe you might need a Q-Max hole punch. You know, there's loads of options. Look on the internet. There's loads of options of, of doing holes. So the button holes for your buttons... Uh, a step drill looks a little bit like a Christmas tree, upside down Christmas tree. And I'll put a picture of these on, shall I? Yeah. I will put a picture of the different hole producing tools on our website. Mm. It looks like um, a Christmas tree. Uh, it sort of steps up. You sort of sum up with a small hole, then you plunge down a few millimetres through your plate, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger up to the, the size hole you want. Just make sure you don't go too deep, because the deeper you go, the bigger the diameter of the hole as you go through. So make sure you mark where you want to stop, or put a stop on your, your machine, so when you get there, you can't go too far and produce too big a hole. Right. A trepanning tool can be quite finicky, I would not suggest using those without a pillar drill, because it sort of scrapes the hole as it goes around. It's a cutter, and it scrapes the hole. As you plunge through, it scrapes it out, and it leaves like a, yeah. a slug in the middle. Because you can also use hole-producing like a, a hole saw. You ever used a hole saw? No, but it, I think I know what you mean. It looks it's drill in the middle to position yeah. it, and it looks like a um, a saw blade in a diameter, and it yeah. sort of saws yeah. through it. But if you use those on on aluminium and steel, you'll wear out quite quickly. They're really for wood, and you need some yeah. sort of cooling equipment. You probably need a better quality one, so I wouldn't recommend doing those. But for wooden panels, they're brilliant. You sort of you saw the hole out, and you're left with a little diameter slug in the middle when you finish. Yeah. But not for, for for metal ones, really. If you're using the Q-Max hole punch, these are also quite good, and you can do these at home. You don't really need any special equipment for them. You drill the appropriate size hole first, and then you fit the Q-Max punch to it, and you, you there's a, like a bolt on the back of it, and there's two parts to it. You clamp either side. And as you do the bolt up with an Allen key, it, it forces its way through, and it sort of punches a hole out. Right, and you can, and one side is a really clean hole because it sort of shoves the the metal inwards, and on the back it leaves it quite raggedy. So you'll have to sand it afterwards to get a good finish on it. But you put it around a certain way, so you're you're plunging the hole through the top face of your panel, so you get yeah. a good finish in the top, not in the bottom. Right. I'll put a picture of these so people know what they are. They're quite easy to use. They sound more complicated than they actually are, but they are very easy. I've used them loads of times. And that when you get the actual Q-Max hole punch, it's got instructions to tell you which side to go from. And there's loads of tools you can use to deburr the hole afterwards to get rid of all the sharp edges. You can use a sander, you can use a scraper, you can use a file, all sorts of stuff. 
But as long as your buttons lay flat, don't worry too much because they won't be seen. Because the as long as they're flat on the top, the back doesn't really matter too much. As long as you're not going to hurt yourself when you're in there, it doesn't really yeah. matter too much. So everything is hidden. Right, we've gone to joystick holes now. The main hole for a joystick can vary in size depending on what stick you're using. But you also need four holes around the central hole to clamp your stick base to. These need to be marked out quite accurately so your stick fits in the central hole well. It needs to be in the middle. I yeah. think a standard HAP joystick, which a lot of old arcade cabs, generic cabs have, off memory, the hole positions are 76 by 66 mil. But you can measure accurately with either a vernier caliper or even just a ruler. As long as you get it reasonable, within a millimetre, you'll be fine. And that's mm. no, no problem. You just mark it out properly. And just go easy with your, your drill and go carefully. But the main hole, sometimes the hole in some panels is really big because you've got to get the whole joystick head through it, the whole the ball top and everything. But with yeah. candy-style ones, you can unscrew the balls. So you've yeah. only got to have like about a 15 mil hole for you, so your stick can go move around easily. But yeah. some of them, the old ones, require a bigger hole. So you have to work that out yourself. Also, when you can, if you're using bolts to screw your joysticks down and hold your joysticks in position, use domed Allen bolts when you can. Get them on eBay, no problem at all. Just look for domed Allen bolts. And mm-hmm. if you're using slightly bigger bolts, there's a thing called a coach bolt, which is a smooth head. It hasn't got any, any slots in it or any Allen key holes. It's just a smooth head, and it's got a square in the bottom to hold it in position. Use domed Allen bolts when you can, as they're much neater than standard machine screws. You don't want anything you're going to sort of rub your hands and scratch your hands on. It needs to be a domed bolt, really. Don't, yeah. use, don't use normal sort of hexagon nuts and bolts. Mm. They look awful. Have a domed head. That looks really good. And it looks more professional as well. I've got a domed head. You have got a domed head, haven't mm. you? Yeah. If I had another three of you, you could hold my joystick down. <laughs> They're usually yeah. bolted down with M4 or M5, which is 4mm or 5mm metric threads. Yeah. Our American friends will probably use an imperial alternative like 3 UNC or something. But right. it doesn't matter what you use. You're not going to see it. Nobody's going to care. As long as you've got the corresponding nuts to the bolts, you're laughing. You will also probably want to cover or paint your control panel in something nice. There are a multitude of companies that print hard-wearing vinyls. I like to use our friend Muddy Music's web shop, which is arcadeartshop.com. Mm. And on the one I've just made, I'll put a picture on the website, on the on the show notes. I've used this sort of like carbon fibre style vinyl cover, which is quite hard wearing. It looks really neat. So that's about it, really. Um, if you've got any questions, please ask. But um, there's plenty of, well, I presume there's plenty of DIY things. You've just got to have a go, I think. Just be careful. Go slowly. Think about what you're doing. Measure twice. Cut once. That's an old engineering saying. You know, double check before you do it. Go easy. Go careful. Clamp things down if you can so it's not going to spin and hurt you. Be careful, kids. Be careful out there, kids. Be careful out there, kids. There's sharp tools. Yes. Anyway, that's about the way to make an arcade-style panel. Lovely. I am I'm learning stuff here as well, you know. Should we have a musical interlude? Yes. Last week's tune, we, which we didn't say, we've got a little competition running. Yes. If you can guess what it is... Or you can find out what it is. I'll give you a bit more of a clue because we haven't had any correct answers yet. Yeah. It it is. It's a horizontal shoot 'em up. It's late eighties Konami. Yeah. And if you can find out what it is, you will win. Well, one lucky listener will win a Dungeons and Dragons Steam key for the two arcade games that they did. 
that I think it was Capcom did. They did yeah. Shadows Over Mistara and was it Dungeons of Doom or Tower of Doom or something? Yeah, they're good. They're CPS 2 games, I believe, or CPS 1 games. And Sarge has very kindly donated a key for those Steam games. You can get them too. That's so awesome. If you, know, if you know what it is, PM me or Vic or, or the 10 pence page. Yep. And or we'll, Twitter, whatever. Just get hold of us. Tell us what you think it is. We'll pop your name in a hat and the one winner will win it. Have you got a hat? I have. Have you? So what sort one? of hat have you got? A woolly one. Oh, yeah, I've got a woolly hat. I've got a cap. Mm. Would that do? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I've, actually, I've got a top yeah, so hat. Got... An arcade top hat, I'm going to put them in. <laughs> anyway, what's going to be this week's tune? Right, we're going to go, 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 go way back, way, way back. And I'm, it's a bit more of a, a bleepy tune because we always do these kind of... 90s midi, kind of, midi type stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. so this cool. one is an, a cool little tune I've found from a Taito game which is very weird called Sea Fighter Poseidon it's a horizontal shooter where you're a guy underwater what's them things where you push uh, like a kind of an underwater jet ski kind of thing that you push what are they called oh yeah I know what you mean it's like a little sort of submarine thing you hold onto yeah yeah, you, you scuba, can get, scuba thing. Yeah, scuba thing, and you can get off them in this game. Okay. And collect stuff and then get back on them as long as you stay alive. I have not heard of that game. Should we play the music? Sea Fighter Poseidon, check it out. Yeah, here's the music. have a look at that game i've never heard of it before a jaunty little tune jaunty little tunes we like jaunty tunes yes right then let's get on to the mighty feature game review mighty the mighty game turtles titles titles you're gonna do this one because this is your pick yeah let's play some music from the game first because i love the little tunes in this let's have a bit of that This game was originally called 600 by Konami, which they licensed to Stein, who named it Title, and also Sega, who named the version Typing, which sounded like someone from Kentucky saying Tarpin. I better do it in English, shouldn't I? 
<laughs> this game was originally called 600 by Konami, which they licensed to Stern, who named it Turtles, and also Sega, who named their version Turpin, which sounds like someone from Kentucky saying Terrapin. 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 Firepower. <laughs> it, was released, it was released in good old 1981. Remember 1981? Oh, oh. yeah, lovely year. I was just going to secondary school. Say, uh, yeah. no, well, I was a bit younger than that. But yeah, this was the kind of game I probably played in the arcade. This was the kind mm. of stuff I liked in the arcade back then. It's a four-way game with one button used for dropping bombs. The main CPU is a Z80, and the sound chip is a good old AY8910. We love them. I Actually, I know we, we, we mock the, the chips and stuff, but that is a common one for these games we like. Yeah. So it's a, quite a capable little chip, the AY eight nine ten. It's a it's a not even it's not even a MIDI chip, is it? It's called a PSG, a programmable sound generator. Look at you with your technical terms. Oh yeah. Get a ping for that. Thank you. Right. The game starts out with your avatar, which is a mama title, <laughs> outside yep. a tall building with two of her kid turtles on top looking distressed. You enter the building and the game begins. And it's got a big S on the side, hasn't it, on the building? We presume that's Stern? Yeah, because the Konami one's different, yeah. Ah. Turtles is a simple maze game, where you play a mama toidle, looking to rescue her kid turtles and return them back to her house, which looks remarkably like a human's house, rather than a turtle's nest. Mm. Trying to stop you are stupid mean brown, orange and blue beetles. Three different coloured beetles. The beetles change colour after a while from brown to orange to blue, which are faster and meaner. The brown ones look like baked potatoes with legs. That is a fact. Mm. You can, however, defend yourself with bug bombs. You have to touch one of the eight question mark boxes on the, the maze to release a turtle, which will climb on your back. When you have one turtle secured on your back, the house will appear in a random corner, which you must deposit the turtle into. But beware. Sometimes another beetle will be lying in, the, in wait in the box and will try and get you, just the same as the other mean bugs. You start off with three bug bombs in your stock, and you can get three more at a time by picking up the mine symbol in the middle of the screen. Mm. You may only have one live bomb on the screen at one time, so you must be selective where and when you drop them, because you are left defenceless when you've got a bomb on the screen. If the bomb is left long enough, it will disappear, allowing you to use another, but I've never witnessed this. Have you seen that? No, they usually run into them, don't they, or you get killed. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah. When a bug runs into a bomb, he stays stunned for a few seconds and you can walk through them, and when they're in this state, other bugs cannot pass a stunned beetle. None shall pass. What? None shall pass. So use this to your advantage. It's a way of getting away from a bunch of them. They're, they're ganging up on you. The bugs are returned to their brown colour after being stunned. So the brown ones just bumble around aimlessly. Mm. The orange ones, if they see you, they will follow you. And the blue yeah. ones will sense where you are and look for you. Because mm. they're swines. When you've rescued your quota of turtleettes, you are treated to a little cutscene where Mama Turtle is running up a ladder to the next floor, being pursued by beetles. There are eight floors in total, and this is what it sounds like. After every two floors, you get a different maze layout. Each floor has a different background wallpaper, if you like, just to change it up a little bit, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of it, chum? I think it is okay. I don't think it's a what? great game. I don't think it's a poor game. I think it is a 
I'd say, an above-average maze game. Right, That's enough from awesome. Sean. Enough from Sean. Let me go on to praise this game higher, because I love it. <laughs> I see what you mean, but for some reason, it really got me, this one. Really yeah, you've it. mentioned it quite often, yeah. I knew we'd, I knew we'd cover it eventually. Hmm. Yeah. Well, when you play it, um, at the bottom of the screen, it tells you your remaining lives, how many turtles you've got to help. That's not right, is it? The counter goes up, not down. So it yeah. tells you how many you've helped, which is a bit useless. Yeah. You better to know how many you got to get. Because there's, there's eight, yeah. there's eight um, question mark boxes on each level, and you need to get six turtles. And yeah. two of them have got the bad guys in. And if you, you don't have to uncover all of them, because you might be left with two with bad guys in, and then you've done the level, so it doesn't matter. Mm. But it's not normally the case. And it also tells you how many bombs you have. Do not run out of explosives. Because you get a really annoying sound when you run out of bombs, and it just keeps going until you get some more bombs. So it's best, I thought, to stack up on bombs on the early levels. Yeah, it's very generous with the bombs on the early levels. You can get, you can get. I've I've had up to thirty bombs. You know. Yeah, I usually have about thirty by the time I get through the game. Yeah. So I say here, try and stockpile bombs on the early levels, as the bomb in the middle becomes less frequent on the higher levels. Mm. If you uncover a beetle from a box, immediately turn and drop a bomb. And he'll run into it, and he'll give you a little bit of time to get away. So get yeah. him quick. But I also found out, do not drop a bomb on a sort of corner. Because half the time, the beetles don't run into them. They, they don't do that. But if you put one, as soon as you hear that noise, when the beetle's uncovered, get out quick, press the button. He'll run. He hasn't got any choice but to run into it. Mm. So you'll get him, and you won't be left defenceless without your bomb as well. If you lose a life... Your bombs aren't restored either. So if you if you lose a life because you've got no bombs, your next life will start still without any bombs. They won't give you another three. You have no bombs. You have to keep keep them going. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. If you finish the eighth floor, <laughs> don't think so. You are treated to another little cutscene where your turtles are escaping the building. I've seen this. I watched a video of someone doing it with cheating. By the way, they had infinite lives on, and it's quite a cute little cutscene. And you earn an extra life at 5,000 points, and that is it. No other extra lives after that. Like uh, many games of this time, they give you one extra life. And that's yeah. it. Donkey Kong did it at, I think, 7,000. You get one extra life, and then no more. Frogger does it. Pac-Man, you can get two extra lives, is it? Not sure. Not sure. Like yep, Frogger. Luna Rescue does it. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of them do. Tell me about Beatles. A group of four singing people from the 60s, and they were really famous. And they Wrong Beatles. Like- Wrong oh. Beatles. Oh, yeah, the little blue. Right, they seem to have, I think, random movement patterns, which is quite clever for a game like this because you, I just cannot figure it out. You cannot group the Beatles. You can't no. do... And they, I've known them, you must see this, where they change direction mid... Yeah. Uh, they don't turn at every maze corner. They don't go around the edge. They sometimes switch direction. Yeah, yeah, they do. So it's, I think... I don't know. It's very clever AI, actually, or it's or it is completely random AI. It's one or the other. I don't know because the blue ones later on they do follow you. They they know yeah. where you are and they can see you through them. They don't need to. I think I think I'm sort of surmising the orange ones when they see you when there's not a barrier in the way of, of one of the walls they will follow you. But the brown ones don't care. They just Meh. and the blue <laughs> ones the blue ones will see you wherever you are and they'll home in on you. I also noticed once playing the other night that. When you've got not many um, boxes left to do, they patrol the boxes. You've seen that? No. I've seen them go around the boxes before. 
And it looks like they're patrolling the boxes. I don't know if they are, because in Pac-Man, the ghosts have different states, and they patrol. one of them patrols the, the, the pellets and stuff, and one chases you. And I think it might be something to do with that, you know. I'm not sure for certain. But it does mm. seem like they patrol the, the boxes. One of our new players, yeah, yeah. Richard Rumsey... He said the Beatles get more intelligent the longer they stay alive, and he has got a good score on this. Mm. I'm not. Is that that could be true? I think it is. Yeah, because when you get the blue ones, they they go quite quickly and they do chase you rather than just ignore yeah. you. And what I tend to do is when I've got a few blue ones on the on the screen, is go and get them, drop a bomb on yeah. them, and turn them back to brown ones. So it's not so difficult. You don't want four blue ones chasing you, and you can have up to five Beatles on the screen, can't you? That yeah, if you're unlucky and you uncover two beetles straight away and no little baby turtles, it becomes a lot harder game. Yeah, it's a bummer when it happens. Yeah. Also got a mention, you know we're talking about beetles and bug bombs and all this lot. The original game from Konami was called Six Hundred. And it's mm. a very different game. Did you play it? Yes, I did. Odd, isn't it? It's 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 not as good as this. It's weird. Yeah. I don't it's it's a kind of I wouldn't class it as the same game even, you know. Because on, on 600, you're the same turtle, and there's cars following you, yeah. which is weird. So you're in a building, and there's cars running around, the, around the, the building, which is weird. And what you do, instead of getting a turtle and going taking it to the house and then going to get another turtle, taking it to the house, you get all the turtles on your back, and then you take them and deposit them at the end. But these cars are following you, and if you uncover a car, they're different colours... And I don't think the normal cars change colour like the Beatles do. They just do what they do. But when you get a red one on the screen, it's really fast. And that will go for you. And yeah, you it's still... a lot quicker than your movement speed, isn't it? Yeah, and also your bombs aren't limited. You've got unlimited bombs, but you've got a, um, a power gauge. And I think the more bombs you use, your power gauge goes down. So you can actually run out of energy, mm. which is really odd. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit weird. Because you think, you know, sort of with nature, turtles and beetles maybe... Be a flipping great mm. beetle to chase a turtle, surely. Unless you're a, <laughs> yes, unless you're a tiny, a tiny turtle mama. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, does it? but those games, we don't care. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really simple game. It's 1981, for goodness' sake. The sounds, I really like the tunes. It's little beepy tunes, but they're really jolly. And you mm. get them all throughout the game as well. You get little in- intermittent levels. You get a little tune at the start. You get different tunes for each level. I think they may repeat later on. But you normally get a different tune for each level. It's not the same monotonous music all the time. The graphics are delightful and effective, but they're very, very simple. I mean, the mm. turtle's got the little hands flap and little hands and feet flap when you're running, which I quite like. And the, the beetles do look mean as well, especially the blue ones. They've got little angry faces. Yeah. But everything else is quite simple. But the, the, the sort of effect of... Remember Windows 3.1 used to get the wallpaper in the background? Yeah. It's got that kind of patterns on the, the maze, and they change, so it does make the game look a little bit different. It's not the same boring old dots as Pac-Man, you know, you know, the same old Starfield as Galaxy, and it does change a little bit, which I quite like. Mm. I do like the way her feet waggle when she moves. But yeah. it's of its age, uh, It's in the, the, it's got fun and varied tunes throughout the game. Yeah, nice tunes. Very, very early example of cutscenes in games, which you didn't like, did you? They are... Brilliant, Pants. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I knew you'd like them. They're very, very basic cutscenes. <laughs> they are really simple, aren't they? I, I think a, a, nowadays a seven-year-old on a Raspberry Pi could probably do better cutscenes in Scratch. Yeah. So, yeah, they're very, very oh, simple, I, but I like them. 
I was using, you know, you've got the main throttle key where you can fast, almost fast forward the gameplay. Yeah. I, I was using that every single game I played. Oh, the, you ruiner. Because the first cutscene has got to be maybe, I'm so impatient, maybe 10 seconds. Yeah, when you watch the turtle getting all stressed out because the turtlets are on top of the building. I so I just got there anyway. that. Mm. Mm. I just fast forwarded that bit. Also, the Konami version 600, the bugs are racing cars. Mm. Do you think they were... The, the the bug and the beetle thing was lost in translation because on the later versions like the stern version and the sega version cars are now beetles which was a volkswagen car they called it a bug in america and ah. I've, i found also two different marquees and i'll put these on the, the show notes as well and they're both stern seaberg versions but as you can see and the listeners will when they look at the show notes the top yeah. one is turtles and it's um, the same one as the bottom one, but on the right hand side there's a, a really angry looking VW Beetle with angry eyes chasing them, and on the bottom one, which is still Stern Seaberg, it's got like a, a hungry looking beetle, quite a cute beetle, mind, and it is the mm. cutest marquee I've ever seen. I love it. I really like this marquee. I might have to try and get all this marquee. It's a bit of bit of arcade art, I think. Yeah, the the marquee's nice and the the bezel's really nice. It's a nice looking cabinet. Mm. Well, one of our listeners said earlier from the feedback, that he's got himself a Turtles PCB, and I've got one, but I think mine has been hacked onto Scramble Hive. I'm not sure if it's an original PCB or not, but it works fine. And yeah. I think it is the Stern version, which you can do with those games. And I've got your mind fixed actually. I also found a Stern Turtles cabinet that was on sale in 2009 on Clove killer list of video games and the guy only wanted 75 dollars for it and it was a decent looking cab as well it was a bit mm-hmm. worn but it was fully working it had side art and it needed a bit of tidying up but 75 dollars i'd ripped his arm off wow so the ports and sequels and spin-offs there was no real spin-offs was there? i've never seen a game like it no unless they no, evolved it's... into them idiot mutant turtles which i hope they didn't it's definitely a different game yeah it was ported to only a few systems. The Odyssey 2, which was the Philips Video Pack G7000 in, in Europe. Yeah. Which is a very nice version. It's a bit cut down, but very authentic to the original game. The Emerson Arcadia had a version, which is weird. And mm. so did the NTEX Adventure Vision. And they must be two of the most obscure consoles I've ever come across. And they had a version of Turtles. I bet the license must have been very cheap. <laughs> I reckon for it, it must have been, yeah. Yeah. But the 2600 didn't get it, which is a bit odd. I wonder if the mm. game did that well. I don't know. I had a dedicated cabinet, so I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Does Weird well with game. me. Does well with me. Shall mm. we go on to the scoring then? Because we've had a lot of really good scores from our Twitter friends, which I'm appalled by, actually. Can it you please slow, stop, didn't it? stop beating our scores, please? Just give us a chance. Actually, it give me a chance. Slow the scores. Yeah, but people have come on. And yeah. the Twin Galaxies world record is 65,000 dead by Dwayne Richard in 2002. That's good dedication. Score. That's a really good score, isn't it? Right, yeah. shall we do from bottom to top? Oh, look who's at the top. Yeah, yeah right. so we're at the bottom. Yep. It's Mr. Leslie 70 with 158, and then you realise he's playing Crossy Road. Do you know what? That's a really good score on Crossy Road. He's not even playing turtles. How dare he! My, by the way, my best score across the road is 144. Right, that is, right, so it's a good score than 158. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
That's 158 hops forward kind of thing. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Crossy Road, if you don't know, is a game like is a, a modern version, really. It's an endless, endless Frogger, I call it. Endless Frogger thing, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Quite addictive. Uh, next, we have a new player, Hayley Vosveniex. Apologies if I got that wrong. Yep. And she's got below 2,000, but at least she's had a go. Thank you for playing. Excellent. We've got Ian Cullen, who's, who's quickly put in a score of 4,170. Yep. He is a good player, so I bet he could have done better in that if he put more time no, in. No, and, no. Andrew, Andrew Driver, 5,820. Yeah, getting good now, getting better. Madsteven.comish. Madsteven. 6,180. Yeah, in your face, Majesty. Victor Louise Marland. That's me. 8,810. Yep. Good score. No, not bad. I could have done better, I think. Neil, 1,637. That, that's his name. Not his Eagle, score. 10,200. Boo. Sir, in third place, with a whopping 11,980, oh. is uh, Daniel of Smashington. Yeah, good score, son. New player, Richard Rumsey. Welcome to the, the 10 pence score challenge fiasco. Twitterization. Yes, he got 15,340. Oh my goodness, that is a really good score. That's nearly and double mine. How dare he? And first place is me. A reluctant. I got 17,790 in a. Before this. I'd only got 14,000. Only? Yeah, and then I had a freak game where everything went well. And do you know what the secret was? Yes. I had loads of... What? Custard creams? No. No. I had loads of bombs, and I was being overcautious. If if there was any chance that I was going to get blocked, I was just bombing. And that's what I was doing. And that's, I think, that's how I did it. And then every time, I, I always tried to... Even right, when I had a turtle on the back and the house was flashing to go into the house and I saw the bombs, I would go for the bombs first, which is what I always did. I do that as well, because usually when when you get a turtle, nearly always the house appears on the opposite side of where you are. Mm. So I go through the middle of the screen, get a bomb and go and deposit the turtle. I got to level eight, which is the last level before the game loops. Yeah, but I never finished it. Oh, so close. Yeah, so for the awesome little uh, cutscene at the end. Uh, awesome. Do you know I've not seen it actually? I'll look on YouTube. It on. It's quite funny, yeah. but it's quite I'll sad as well. <laughs> you so, are a freak, sir. I'm a winner, winner, chicken dinner. You're a freak. <laughs> uh, you know, you got eight, nearly eighteen thousand, which is uh, double my score. How dare you? You can loop flipping Mindstorm. You can nearly do nineteen forty-two. I might have to sack you soon, <laughs> or sack myself for being not good enough. You're well fired. done. I love this game. Uh, it's challenging, quite original, abstract, abstract, especially what Stern did to the game compared to the original 600. I like the Stern version better. I think it's, they made it a better version. Yeah. And it's probably one of my favourite maze games, along with Eyes, yeah. Jungler, Ladybird, and Pulsar. I love those, those, uh, those games. Well, I, I would repeat what I said earlier on. I think it—I did actually play it hell of a lot, really. Right. I think it is an above-average maze game. Would I go back to it? If I saw it in an arcade, I'd play it. Yeah. If I stumble across it in the future on MAME, I'd probably have another quick go. But it's not one that really grabbed me. But it's not crap. Yeah, I love it. I really like it. And on that note, 
I think it's a big thumbs up. Mm, I've got a theory, Vic. Half, half a thumbs up for you, one of them. Yeah, half a thumbs up and a theory. Oh, what's the theory? Because I was, I was complaining to Waff last time about you not liking Batsugan. Yeah. And she said... You moaning said, about it. He didn't like Batsugan. What's wrong <laughs> with him? <laughs> I'm really upset. <laughs> and she said, well, what games does Vic like? I said, well, obviously it's... Um, um, and I didn't know. So what I did, I went back through our old podcasts. Yeah. And I looked at the games that you really raved at. Not many. And, and I found a, I found a common thread, kind oh, yeah. of, right? Ones I'm good at, maybe. No. Oh. We've okay. got Tidals, this one. Yep. Maze Game. We've got Uncle Pooh. Yeah, that's Maze. another favourite of mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maze Game. Yeah, I can see we've where got, this is going. We've got Mr. Driller, a game where you make your own maze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's within a maze environment. Yeah. We've got Volfide. Where you draw a maze, maze. He's... I, I can't see the connection. No, it's a bit. It's, bear with me. We go on. <laughs> Dig dug where you make your own definitely mazes, and pulsar, which is a maze game. So I think you gravitate towards maze style. Do game. you know what? That's really odd because I w- I wouldn't have said that, but you've just proved me wrong. Mm. If someone said to me, "What's your favourite genre of game?" I would probably say arcade fighting, like. Uh, Karate Champ, Kung Fu Master, and then maybe Shooters, 1942, mm-hmm. Volgus, that sort of stuff, you know, Terra Cresta, that kind of thing. And maybe Platformers, or like the Marios in, in the arcade, like Bubble Bubble, that sort of stuff. Sort of classic arcade games. I wouldn't have said particularly Maze games, but yeah, you're right, because I'm, I like everything about Pac-Man, but I don't like playing the game so much. I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. like everything about it. I like the artwork. I like the game. I like the, everything that goes with Pac-Man. I prefer Ms. Pac-Man. Sorry, John. And I prefer the, the speed of version because it's easier. But yeah, I wouldn't have said that. But yeah, you, you're right, I think. Mm, see, mine's obvious. Shoot em ups, isn't it? But yours, yeah. I think it could be. I think it could be May-style games. Yeah. That rings... Yeah. yeah I suppose mm. so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's a bit of a bombshell. <laughs> I'll have to start playing more Maze games in a minute. Mm. Right. The art of side art. Yes, here we go. And what have you picked for us this time? Well, this was a late late edition because we didn't get this one done until now. And I've got my awesome book out, which is called The Encyclopedia of Arcade Video Games. We've gone on about this before. It's a it's green a green covered book with loads of arcade cabs in it. It's quite expensive to buy, but heck, it's worth it. It's a lovely looking book. It's a really out of date. They've got prices of the, ca- the cabinets is in there. They're totally out of date and mm. totally not for UK people either or, or Europeans because in America, they're a lot, a lot cheaper. And the one I've chosen this time is Space Duel, mm. which is an awesome colour vector game, which to me was a sequel to Asteroids Deluxe and Asteroids. Yes. Uh, more, of a, more of a sequel than Blasteroids, I'd say, any day of the week, wouldn't you? Mm. I think it's like a spiritual sequel, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Well, the cabinet is the same shape, if I'm not mistaken, as a Tempest upright, the full upright version. And yeah. it's really colourful. It's kind of, kind of like a white-sided thing, but it's got full side art, as usual, on these good old Atari games, full-on side art, as high as the cab goes. And it's kind of like a blue, sort of spacey theme. Like, there's loads of like coloured lines. There's orange red and yellow lines around it, which I always like. I like coloured lines, old 70s, 80s coloured lines around stuff, stripes. And it's got sort yeah. of like a scene from like uh, a space scene with uh, spaceships and stuff going on it. 
the actual colour vector itself is beautiful and bright. That's the main draw of the game for me, let alone the artwork. The actual vectors and colour are brilliant. Yeah. And the artwork on the top, on the marquee, you've got the Space Jewel marquee, and it's got awesome writing. I can't really describe the writing. It's like liney, sort of... Oh, what, what would you say that was? Sort of liney font that's in like perspective. It's obviously got the good old Atari logo on the side. And it's got more spaceships going yeah. on. And the actual arcade panel is sort of like a, a two-tier panel. It's quite a high panel. And on the left-hand side, you've got a green part where the buttons go for the left player. It's a two-player game. You can play single-player, but it's more fun playing two players because you're actually joined together. Yeah. And you've got green yeah. buttons. You've got you know your left, right, thr- uh, rotates, your thrust, fire, and your hyperspace. Yeah. Is it a shield in that or hyperspace? I can't remember. I, I think it's shield, isn't it? Yeah, probably a shield. We'll have and to cover this one because it is a good it game. It is a great game. And I've got a PCB that doesn't quite work yet, and I'm hoping to get it done so I can play it in, only in black and white, though, on my, on my Asteroids cabinet. Mm. But you can still play it. And on the right-hand side, you've got the red player, which is all red buttons. And it's a really nice, it's a really nice shaped cabinet as well. I really like it. Mm. Great game. Really cool I'm, game. I'm looking at the flyer now, and Atari flyers from this period are just outstanding. They're so good. Really nice, yeah. They they really appeal to me. The flyers and the seventies flyers. Mm. Atari. I did read somewhere about the guy that designed them, and I've lost the article and I forgot his name. But I'm gonna have to go back and find it because they're just. I know the artwork on the cab's good, but the flyers, some of them are equally as good. Yeah, really nice. Mm. Also, you know, when we were at Revival, well, when I was there on Saturday, I was looking at our Belgian friend, the arcade guy. He had a load of um, manuals for sale, arcade manuals. He had a load of pinball ones and video games. And the yeah. Atari ones, by far, are the nicest. I've got mm-hmm. a few, but they're very collectible, actually. I try not to go down that route, because I just end up spending all my money and I have no space. But they're quite collectible, because they're really good-looking things. You've got really nice covers, and the, the information inside is, is excellent. If you've actually got a cabinet, the information is really handy to have. But the Atari ones, are, they're all the same shape as well, the same sort of size, and they've always got really nice covers on. I've got a Dig Dug one, I've got Asteroids, Asteroids Deluxe, Clax. I think I might have another one, I can't remember. I've got a few of them, they're really nice looking manuals, though. Really nice. Mm, they are. You've also got a question for me about the art of side art as well. Yes. What is your favourite generic side art? You know when you get like a, you get a nice marquee and a nice bezel and then they put the generic like Taito or Stern or even Zachariah had their own generic yeah. like star splash design and that. What's your favourite? I don't know actually. There's so many different ones, isn't there? Mm. The, when you say generic, they are quite generic, aren't they? They're quite dull looking. Because Atari had the System 1 side art which was the same for all the cabinets and it's quite mm-hmm. dull and stern just had a big stern on the side of it which was really dull mm-hmm. but the universal ones were quite colorful i like those got the lines around the edges is that the that yeah there? yeah the universal ones were quite fun and their 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 cocktail cabinets had a similar artwork as well some taito ones are nice taito had different standard side art in different periods ollie's been sure alpha one's been showing me a few really rare ones yeah with a kind of like lines up the side of it, kind of like arrow kind of design. Yeah, I know what you mean, because there was a Taito cabinet they used for a lot of games. I think the Zookeeper comes in it. I think Kicks came in it. And they called them the, the Taito Diet Cabs. Mm. And I think they were different colours, some of the sides. But they had sort of like a line around with a Taito, almost like a 70s, 80s style 
to it. And they were quite nice mm. as well. And the Zac- Zacharia or Zachariah, whatever you want to call it, I don't like those cabinets, but they are very like- colourful. They're very yeah. colourful. I mean, if you like cheesy 70s Italian art, that's what you can go for. I can understand mm-hmm. why people like them. I, I don't personally like them, but they are very colourful machines. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's loads of, isn't there? There's different. So I think Sega had their own sort of standard one as well. But mm. overall, if you ask me what was my favourite artwork overall, have to be Atari. Mm. Any day of the week. Their artwork, their side art on their comments was brilliant. It's really, really nice. That's why I think most of the, the, the art of side art we've done has been Atari cabs, just because I'm drawn to the, the, the artwork. Mm. I've already said mine, haven't I, previously? Universal is my favourite side art. Yes, the early Universals. Yeah. Like Cosmic yeah, Alien, the full Cosmic Alien one and the Cosmic Gorilla. With the big back glass, or back panel, sorry. Yes, yeah. they were beautiful. I think those ones were almost like um, like sort of fantasy art, weren't they? Yeah, I love them. I really, yeah, really good. They are really nice. Quite eerie, mm. some of them as well. The monsters are quite good. They're not sort Spooky. of cartoony. Spooky monsters. Spooky. Okay, let's do your section. Releases from this month in history. We are going way, way back to November way 2000. Back. Back, backity, backity, back. Can we put my song on again, or are you not going to? I'm never going to do your song ever again. I've, I've still got it. No. I can, I can remix it. <laughs> remix it with more laughing and giggling in the background. Way back, backity, backity. It's a good tune. Carry on. Okay. November 2000, Ridge Racer 5 Arcade Battle, which is actually a version, an arcade version of the PlayStation 2 game, Ridge Racer 5. That's a good one. Mm, it does play well. That is a good one, that one. I remember playing on the PS2. I don't like many racing games. I did like that one on the PS2. I've never played it. I've just seen a YouTube, actually. It looks like it plays. Well, I should rephrase that, yeah. Mm. November 1990, 25 years ago, the excellently named Bioship Paladin (laughs) from American Sammy Core. It's a bit like our type. Chunky graphics. But I've just put that in because I love the name. Bioship Paladin. That's a good name. Hmm. November 1983 from from the actual brilliant golden age. Yes. 35 years ago. Get in. <laughs> the Zone of Battles. Battle Zone. Classic game. Vector Brilliance. Have you seen a side art on that fella? I know. Oh, Not... it's a good one. That's coming. Is it good? Oh, yeah. Mm. Which one? What, the, the actual stand-up periscope Yes, that's the only one. Add side art. Ah, oh, right. beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. And then you have The Immortal Defender by Williams. Also good side art. November 1980. Yep. Wow. That was stenciled, that one. Lovely. So far ahead of its time, that game. Space Panic, the first platform game, was also November 1980 by Universal. Oh, got some big hitters there, mate. Mm. Now we're going back 45 years. I could probably... 45 years? No, we're not, are we? No. I've gone to 1975, 40 years. Because I was going to say, I could probably walk by then, just. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I'm, I'm not 45 years old, so I wouldn't be walking. Mm. Go on. I was smoking my first cigarette outside the tuck shop at school. <laughs> when you were at 28. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I no, kept I you back at then. school. Gunfight by Midway. I'm going to read this bit. I think I've swiped it from somewhere, but everyone knows the story. Gunfight was based on Taito's Western Gun, a game which used TTL-based discrete logic hardware. Midway's Dave Nutting 
adapted rather nutting associates who had a lot yeah. to do with the, who had a lot to do with computer space adapted the taito game to use an intel 8080 microprocessor gunfight was the first japanese title to be licensed for release in america it was also the first video game to incorporate a microprocessor oh. and the expanded processing capabilities allowed for graphics and gameplay with more more advanced than pong you can't get much more advanced than pong in my opinion absolutely boop, 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 boop. There was a Pong, weren't they, at Revival? Yes, I saw many Pongs there. A Binatone part. Is it Binatone or Binatone? Binatone, I think. Mm. I saw they were playing. They did um, on the Retro Lords. They were on the stage. They had a little um, competition going on. with Pong Car- tournament. Yeah, Color excellent. Pong. Posh Pong, I call it. Yeah. Right, we're nearly there. We're nearly finished. Yep. All we've got to do now is clean up next show's game and who picked it. It's not a well, it's sort of a listener pick because the people who were playing it and enjoying it at Revival of the Day are all listeners. Yeah. So we, we can sort of use that as an excuse, can't we? Yeah. And it's going to be Space Launcher. Mm. A Nintendo game. The cab that Alex Chucky Egg owns and has just got 98,000. 95,000. Oh, sorry. 90, if, if either of us get half of that, I'd be happy. I think I may be able to get half on there. I think I might it's just do. It's a really great little game. It's quite addictive as well, especially on that little cab. And I've got a Space Fever cabinet, uh, same as Alex's Space Launcher. And I can do a ROM swap with a PCB and I can play it on a proper hardware. Oh, excellent. Which I'm going to do. It's just... It's just left, right, and one button. So it's a very simple game. Mm. It looks very simple, but like a lot of these games, there's a hidden depth to it, and there's Deceptive, a, isn't it? A dis- yeah, a, a way to get more points as you get through the game. And we know how to do it, and we're not giving anything away to you, Twitterers. <laughs> Talking of Twitter, if you do put a score on, please could you put hashtag Tempe score so I can search and and get the high score table right before we go on air. Good idea. Mm, thank you very much on that note thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks time thank you for listening goodbye fellas and ladies bye you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk you can also reach us on our Facebook page you can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 